hello and welcome back to the Queer Experience. I'm super excited to kick off season two of this little podcast adventure with a fun little game that I picked up at a convention called PAX East. Um, the game is Ink by Snowbright Studios, um, and it is about dead characters who have moved on to the afterlife but are stuck and cannot cross over to their to their final destination. Um, so for our episode today, I have gathered uh, six unfortunate souls who have died um, and would like to cross over and we'll go through uh, a dungeon crawl adventure where we're going to do just that. Um, I will let all of them start off and introduce themselves and we can do it in the same order we went before, if you remember. So I'm going to start with our good friend, uh, Starshine. If you could tell us your name, your pronouns, character name and pronouns, and then give us a little bit of details about who you're playing today. Hi, I'm Starshine. They, them pronouns. And I am playing Faith Christie, the screen queen of 1917. She, her. Faith was an actress with big, big dreams, but got stuck being a horror host. Always wanted to land that big show, but just never could. And especially after a light fell on her head, crushing her on her big Halloween broadcast. She's now stuck in the ink with her new friend, Asmerol, a lucid shadow who, let's say drama makes good friends between them. And I think that means we kick it over to Joel. Hello, uh, my name is Joel, and my online persona is Dire Dire Docs. You can find me there on Twitter and on the sky that is blue, blue sky. Um, yeah, I am. Oh, yeah, my pronouns are he, him. And um, today I am playing a crotchety old man uh, from Russia named Vladimir Volkov. Um, so he's actually from our world, uh, and he died in the mid 20th century. Uh, he was a prolific writer. And um, he, uh, yeah, he, he died of natural causes as he got older. Um, and his, his burden um, was that he never got to finish his magnum opus. And he, he feels as though he can't find peace. And uh, he'll be going through the ink to attempt to find that at this time. That kicks it over to Bol Bolin. Hi, I'm Bolin Bear. Um, I go by he, they pronouns. And... Um, let's see. Our, my character's name is Adam Stoltz, uh, and uh, Shadow, his name is Artis. Um, it goes by, um, we have a, we have a Bastion, um, Shadow today with, for this character, uh, who actually, their cause of death was related to mental illness, um, and their burden was, they, they left somebody behind, and, um, they kind of regret things in life, um, so they kind of had an unfortunate accident and they kind of want to try to make, try to kind of come to terms with that. And then over to Meg. Hi, I'm Meg. I use they, them pronouns. Uh, the character I'm playing today is Adriana Fenchelsnack. Uh, she and they pronouns. Um, she grew up um, as a bounty hunter uh, with a lady love uh, set in a fantasy setting of your choosing. Uh, and she passed away. She was murdered um, due to her course of work. She is an Odiso, um, Odiso. I don't quite know how to pronounce that uh, form. 
uh, and her burden is an unfulfilled promise to, to her lover. And then Lex. Awesome. Uh, I'm Lex. I use they, she pronouns. And today I'm playing Crean, an owl and monk, he, him, uh, who was dungeon crawling, typical day, uh, touched some door or something that they weren't supposed to, and uh, kaboom. So the cause of death was an explosion. Um, Crean's burden is an unanswered question to a mystery, uh, was uh, commissioned by a goddess or something that we think was a goddess to uh, investigate architect in his world, uh, was in the course of that and ended up in the ink, uh, turned around one day and discovered was being followed by a fen uh, shadow uh, named Lena, who uses pronouns they. And last but not least, uh, um, we got Nanite. Hello, uh, I'm Nanite, he, him pronouns. Um, I'm going to be playing Menasha, one of the first D&D characters I've ever played. Um, also, he, him pronouns. Um, he fell during, you know, the height of a fight um, before he felt like he should have. Um, so his burdens, the guilt uh, for leaving the people he was protecting behind. Um, and he's accompanied by his shadow Mozart, um, who's also his familiar in the waking world. Uh, it's a Manman form. Yeah. And, in, and I was saying this before, but somehow we ended up with one of every form, which was very cool and unintentional for anybody listening. We did not plan that. Um, although I did appreciate everybody's messages of, Hey, I'm going to do this one, but if other people want to do this one, I'll totally give it up. Um, so, but, but yeah, so the way that this game works, um, it is a fairly rules light scenario. So it is a 2d6, um, plus a karma dice. So everyone starts off with positive karma. Um, and if at any point during the game, you do things that I decide, uh, would cause you negative karma, I'll tell you, you have negative karma. And when you roll, you roll your three, you roll a total 3d6 for most things, um, and one of those, you just have to make sure you keep track of which one is your karma dice. And then that one you would either add or subtract that number from, from your role, depending on whether your karma is positive or negative. Um, so I think that's like probably the big, like, and then we'll get into some of the other stuff when we get into like combat, but there's two, two kind of different tracks of, of like skills or, or dice rolls. So there's one, which is kind of non-combat things. So just general skills, you know, I'm trying to push a tree over i'm trying to do something um those are all done by your spirit um and those are done based on like different stats you have on your character sheets um and then there's combat which combat is a little bit different in this if you've played tabletop games before um i kind of love the mechanic idea of it which is we'll say like all right there's a giant thing in front of you you're in combat uh everybody decide what which of the four which of one of four actions you're going to take um, we'll go over those when we get to actual combat. Um, however you want to do it, whether it's like jotting it down on something or just mentally having it, everyone will independently, without talking to each other, decide which action you're going to take. And then we will all, like, we'll go around and everyone will tell us what action they're taking um, and figure out, it's kind of a, like everything happens simultaneously. And the idea is that your your shadow self is this, like, pure emotion and drive and kind of fighting to keep you alive and all of these things. And 
they're not going to communicate with the other shadows that are also trying to fight things because they don't care about the other shadows. They are going to care about killing the big thing. Um, so I kind of love that mechanic where it's going to be, I mean, and, and from a D&D uh, forever GM perspective, I like it because it means you're not going to spend 30 minutes trying to decide the order of events you're going to take to try and fight the thing. You just have to decide what you're going to do. Um, and the same thing is for me. I will also write down what the monster is going to do. Um, and so I don't know what y'all are up to and you don't know what I'm up to. And then we'll all just reveal and that'll be it. Um, one other big thing about this game for folks listening is the way that you level up in this game is by way of a total party kill. So when the entire party dies, you get uh, two shards, which are known as like memory shards. And when you get those two shards, you can spend those on things to level up. And there's like a table in chapter five somewhere that has all the evolution things. Um, So if the entire party goes down, that is how you level up. And then you'll start back at what they call a beacon, which I will just affectionately call your last save point. And then you'll go forward and do the thing again. Um, So it should be expected that total party kills are going to happen during this game. And that's okay. Um, So, yeah. Um, The other things I think to know about the, the, this game is that the ink is the liminal space between life and, and the great beyond. And everybody is stuck in the ink because they have unresolved burdens and everyone's trying to find their way to the, to their forever afterlife. And so the ink is literally a basically a giant sea of black ink that has little islands all over the place. And you all will be on a ship kind of going from one island to the next to the next. So why don't we say, because this is um, a tabletop RPG and and because the game is designed to be, I think, a little bit cozy, um, you're all going to start at a little uh, coffee shop. And your spirits have gathered. Um, You are about to embark on a journey that you know could potentially result in you being able to get out of here. Um, So let's say, I I guess, why don't you give me a quick round of what, I know we talked about what it is that folks kind of have as your, as your burden. Um, But if you want to get, let's do like another round and like talk, like take us a little bit further in terms of like what what are the things that you need to do or feel or understand to act like fully move on um and i'm gonna go reverse this time so nanite right in the hot seat um okay so i guess to relieve my burden um I I would have to know that the people I left behind are going to be safe without me, um, especially because of the precarious situation we were in when I did pass. Mm-hmm. Um, that is essentially just going to haunt me until I know um, that it's okay for me to essentially move on. Um, okay. Um, uh, Lex... Yeah. So Crean knows that this tech is coming back into the world, knows that anytime someone has discovered it, bad things have happened to them. And so uh, 
you know, promising to the goddess that, or, or whatever entity that it is, actually aren't sure about that. Um, so one would either be, you know, knowing that the goddess has, has found another champion to take up this task or champions, um, or that the tech is gone from the world and, and is no longer going to be hurting people, or discovering that perhaps the goddess was leading him astray the entire time. So resolving <laughs> the, the kind of combined questions of who is the goddess as well as what is this technology and should it be in the world? Uh, and I believe Meg would be next. Yeah, um, Adriana uh, needs to come to terms uh, that she wasn't able to fulfill her promise with her wife that she would be with her in their older years um, because she passed away uh, earlier in their relationship after they got married. And she's finding it very hard to uh, accept that. Uh, but it's a goal of acceptance. Um, that she wasn't able to fulfill that promise. Uh, and then Bolin. Yeah, so Adam, because of the way that he had passed, um, he fe uh, feels an extreme amount of uh, regret and shame for what had happened. Uh, he had left somebody behind, um, you know, who really cared about him and um, just didn't want him to go. Um, and kind of, you know, he felt all his demons, uh, so to speak. Um, yes. So what would resolve his anguish is just kind of like, is everybody I left behind going to be okay? Like, okay. Are, are they going to, are they going to be able to deal with that? All right. Uh, Joel. Yeah. So, uh, with Vladimir, um, his way of, passing that in that world wasn't necessarily uh being a mobastic it was just of natural causes uh he was a very old man uh in his early 90s when he passed and his burden is that um he wanted to finish this magnum opus novel that he was writing because he was this author and um he didn't actually have a lot of friends or family or loved ones behind because he was such a angry crotchety man um but nobody knew he was also a queer man that was um around during the USSR when, you know, in that time he wasn't able to actually be himself. So in that he had a lot of internal resentment and outward resentment to process that he wanted to create art. He never got to make this big piece of art that he wanted to, um, for him to resolve his burden. Uh, I would say that he would need to, um, learn to accept himself, not necessarily as a queer person, but that he already knew that he's fine with that, but that, um, he had to be, he had, he had to let go of his anger and to let go of his internal resentment towards himself and to society as a whole without having to fulfill that goal necessarily. Yeah. Um, and Starshine. Face just been haunted by the fact she was typecast into a cheap horror host gig and never got to do her big starring role. Her way of moving on is getting that moment in the spotlight to show she's more than some cheap shock jock and that actually she's talented and deserved more. I love I love the like wide range of variety we have amongst our our dead cast. <laughs> we go from D and D characters who open the wrong door to ninety year old Russian men who just wanted to write a book and be loved by society. Um, and and this game definitely encourages you to play previous characters that maybe have died or previous characters from old other campaigns. Um, which is nice because you can build on those. It's like storytelling of like, if you've got 
a lot of backstory on a character already. Um, all right, so you all are sitting around this little cafe. Um, it is, we'll say just for, for story's sake, it is, it is the six of you just chilling out, sipping your coffees, your teas, as you will. Um, you've been in, in, lim- in this limbo for a little while, and uh, this this little spirit kind of walk, kind of not really walks because I don't think spirits walk. I think they like float, uh, ambivalently floats in, looks around and says, anyone want to get out of this place? I got a boat and I could use some adventurers. Um, and they look at all of you and they say, one, two, three, four, five, six. Would you know it? I have six spaces on my boat and there seem to be six of you. And my guess is you don't want to be here anymore. I've heard of a passage to a beacon that will let you all pass on. Uh, And you notice like behind them is uh, almost looks like a little like cat, little kind of ferret looking thing. It kind of ebbs and flows into some different shapes um, kind of snuggling up behind, like in between the spirit's legs and kind of jumping up on it on their shoulder. Um, and the spirit looks at you all and says, so who's in? Put me in coach. <laughs> uh, do you, do you need a navigator? I have experience in that. He's like, I mean, I roughly know the way, but Another set of eyes on a map never hurts anything. Count me in. Mm, the story's a story, I guess. What the hell? I'm not exactly busy with bookings right now. I, I would imagine not. I haven't seen a theater or a stage in this area in quite some time. Oh, but one day I can hope my agent dies and he feels this too. Oh, you're one of those. Come on. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. um is this a is this a boat we're using a ship what what kind of uh navigation device are we going to be using well i mean it's a boat is it a good boat is it a big boat who can really say what's good and big these days but it's the only one that you've got on front of you right now beggars can't be choosers i guess i'm in i love the energy i'm already following them out the door <laughs> uh I guess I'm bored. Yes, what the heck? Well, if everyone's headed out, I guess I should go too. <laughs> like I've heard that there's there's treasures, there's monsters, maybe some memories along the way. And they, he kind of looks around at me and goes, "Ah, I failed to do the important thing and tell you my name. I'm the ferryman, and I." My job in this afterlife, uh, as I try to fulfill my own burdens, is to usher others on to greener pastures, wherever they might be. And the passage beacons are sometimes few and far between, but when we find one, and I can usher more people to them, there's a better chance that maybe this time it'll be open for me too. So did you pick your name? What Was it given to you? 
you see, they like put he like puts his arm around. He's oh well, there's a story for you there. So you see back before, and he like launches into this like very 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 like the entire time you're walking to the boat, he's telling you this story. The problem is that none of the dots are connecting. Like he's he's full on. He started out when he was alive. He went on seven different tangents. You're still not sure how he died. Like by the time you get to the boat, all you know is that his name is the ferryman and you know a lot of random tidbits about his life. Um, that like he had a cat and the cat's name was Whiskers and he really likes the color purple and like, but he's not giving you a cohesive story. Um, so you all get on this boat and what you see out in front of you uh, from the island that you're, so the, the islands that everybody's on are called keys. Um, the book uses that terminology. So everywhere you go is a key. Um, and you've been on that one for a while. I think it's, we'll say it's where, where you all started. So you haven't really been able to go out and venture around. And what you, what you see when you get out on this boat is that like everything, it's everything out on the horizon is kind of just, dark the water is pitch black um the skies hang over and they're very overcast and gray and it's that that really light drizzle where like an umbrella won't actually help you because it's just kind of floating in the air almost as you're walking places um so everything's just kind of wet um and the boat when you get on the boat it's probably a bigger boat than you were expecting given that he was like six of you and that's how many seats I've got. Like this boat looks like it could probably carry 30 people if he really wanted to. Um, it's got an upper level where, you know, he's steering and, and driving the boat. Um, and then down below there's some, some quarters and there's some, some rooms. There's a small mess hall. You see a, a handful of other spirits that are kind of roaming about the ship as well. Um, you see like a cook and you see, a few other folks who are kind of working on different parts of the boat. Um, and so, yeah, is there, I guess, well, while you're on the boat, um, before we go to our first uh, meat grinding dungeon crawl, are there things you would be doing? Like, like where would you, where would your characters go? I would immediately be attempting to play with the cat, despite knowing that it is someone else's spirit and would uh, shadow and probably would not engage with me. Yeah, just give me give me a little a little two d six plus a good karma. I have a thirteen. Oh yeah, so you like this little like mon mon like it like hops onto your shoulder for a second. It like nuzzles your neck a little bit. Um, you hear this like deep purr sound, but it's it it's almost a growl, but like it's still seemingly affectionate. Um, and you're pretty sure at this moment that like this cat might actually murder somebody for you if you wanted it to. Um, and you see the you see the ferryman be like, ah, you won her over. She's wonderful. That's Susie. Just like showing her my my shadow. My shadow's a little oxalato shape. <laughs> I love so. that. So I'm introducing them. I'm hoping that she's not going to try to eat it. So what are what are other people doing while you're on this boat? Um, I'm currently inspecting the boat. Uh, 
because I uh, I have this this desire to to make sure that everything is safe on this boat that I'm in I'm in control. Um, okay. I can get the mask, things like that. Uh, and I have a very unimpressed look on my face, of course, as I'm doing this. All right. Uh, what are other folks doing? We've got one person's winning over shadows. One person is judging every inch of this boat. I think I'm just like standing um, kind of a little bit away from the crowd, watching everyone, trying to get like a lay of who has relationships with who on the boat. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll say for that one, give me a give me a, a role. And I don't know, do you have any skills that uh, I have like staying alert as one of my skills. Yeah, I'll say that, that works. Okay. Being alert, being attentive, that, that all seems to make sense. So plus two to whatever you roll. Uh and is it positive karma? Yes. Every, everyone's positive okay. karma right now until I tell you otherwise. Yeah, so that's 14. Yeah, so you you're you're looking around. You're like you're noticing that generally it seems like the crew all seems to be getting along. Um, folks seem to kind of like each other. They you see the ferryman kind of interacting with the different crew. They seem to have a great respect for him. Um, and you, did, I mean, and the, I think it's as with most things like the boat and everything is is excitement and the the sails are going up and they're getting ready. But there's always like this slight undercurrent of sadness right because like everybody's stuck either they're stuck on the boat they're stuck here trying to figure out how to cross over because that's ultimately everyone's goal um so like you're alert and and with a 14 like that's a pretty decent score considering 2d6 is supposed to is a 12 uh plus karma plus skills so yeah you you really are attuned with like the vibes of everything like it's a you're in a good place but you you can never fully escape that like just tinge of sadness that everyone kind of carries with them um i'm trying to use character names so i think it was adam is that yours bolin yes yeah you were you about to say something what are what is what did adam do so adam is probably going to be on the opposite side of the ship with everybody else uh he'll be staring out kind of uh out in the water not really making a lot of noise not really making a lot of sound uh kind of just being all by his lonesome just kind of like leaning over the side of the boat kind of just like i don't know contemplating reflecting not really okay. doing much else other than that what is there is there certain things that you're like contemplating or reflecting on um i would say like it's kind of figuring like like figuring out like am i going to be stuck here forever like is it is it going to be something where i'm just gonna like okay it is this really like all there is sort of situation like kind of having like a, a end up like a uh afterlife crisis so to speak <laughs> all right little, i love a little existential dread and crisis that's my favorite yes um all right and moving all my things around uh faith what are you oh. doing? Faith is either going to the cooks or the cleaners, just one of the lowly one of the lowly workers, the ones who look the busiest, and just picking up something nearby and just helping with the task. Not really even ask, not even asking them, just grabbing something and doing something. All right, um, give me, give me your, give me a a two d six plus your karma roll. Uh, that is thirteen. 
13. Y'all are you're starting off great, which is good for good for later when the role the good roles run out. Um, yeah. So I would say like you're you're like you hopped right in. Like you're getting a sense of the rhythm of things. Like you saw somebody like you know moving some some like food items from one spot to another. And you realize there was a bunch of them. So you just started like grabbing stuff. Um, the crew is like immediately taken to you. Like they really appreciate the energy and, um, and you're doing that good job of helping without being in the way. Like that's the, that's the thing you're threading right now, which is being helpful and actually being helpful. Um, so, so, Y'all are sailing. Um, we'll say it's like a day's journey or what feels like a day. I feel like time is relative because you don't really need sleep. Um, and there's no real sun and moon because you're all dead and the sky is dreary. Um, it's like Seattle just all the time. That's where that's the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and you dock at your first, uh, the first key, or the first location. Um, and the boat kind of docks. There's it's not really like a, like a built for a dock, but there's a bit of land that the boat was able to kind of shimmy up against to and drops like a, a decent ramp. Um, and the ferryman looks at you all and says, "Well, stop number one. You got to start somewhere. Uh, don't know much about this place. Probably some things gonna try and kill you, but you're already dead." So what does it matter? Um, and he kind of directs you. So you look out and it's this very kind of, you've got a bit of a beach. You've got a bunch of like green pasture area out from there. Um, just on the cusp of the beach, like where the water is kind of coming up against, like this black water is coming up onto the, the darkened sand. Um, you see this like tiny sliver in kind of the air in front of it, like kind of, just like this little thread kind of cutting, almost like cutting through reality. Um, if you're a Doctor Who fan, it looks like when Matt Smith showed up and they had all those little cracks in time and space that were just like threads kind of in limbo in the middle of things. I got to try and get like a visual here for you. Um, and you would recognize that as a beacon. Um, so it's not a passage beacon. It's not big enough for that. It's just a beacon. Um, so this is the spot where if and when you all die you will come back here um, to, to kind of be replenished. It's a safe point. Yeah, it's a safe point. It's your safe point. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, Adriana, uh, as she's walking off the boat, um, hands the ferryman a coin because she's like, she's like, I heard this is a thing you're supposed to do <laughs> in these scenarios. So I just like hand one to him and walk off the boat. And you see him like he like takes it and kind of stares at it. And then it's like everybody else sees like the ferryman like staring down at this coin in his hand. And like he just looks confused but appreciative. Um, and you see him like take the coin and he like walks over somewhere and just like puts it on like a plank of something on the boat. Like he just kind of sets it down as if like I'm gonna give that back to her at some point. I don't I don't need money. I'm dead. Um, all right. So everyone exits the boat. Um, you all. And so what this island is. I kind of want to say it's 
it's if you'd imagine like a tropical paradise island with like all the bright colors of trees and all this stuff it looks like it used to be that but now everything is kind of muted down like the colors aren't as vibrant everything's a little bit a little bit gray like i said you've got instead of like crystal blue waters it's this very dark black that's coming and going off the beach and you know better than to like touch the water like that could be very dangerous so the ramp actually drops low enough like far enough out that like it's not gonna hit the the water and you won't find yourselves in it um and you see a path that kind of winds off the beach a little bit in this kind of grayish sand um and you don't see like any footprints or anything of the sort right kind of out the gate so um given that I've given you one option, what would you, where would you all like to go? <laughs> what would you, anything you do on the beach, I guess, before you start kind of venturing on? I guess I look around and uh, mumble under my, under my breath. <sighs> Looks like I didn't really leave Russia, did I? Okay, oh. let's see. Oh, is there any escape routes? Nope, not really. God damn it, I'm stuck on this island with these people. They sort of first thing is just like just most to Asmoral, but just in general, it's like ah, oh, public domain print of Treasure Island. I see. <laughs> oh, Technicolor, it always faded so fast, didn't it? Well, let's hope Captain Hook is gone, and just checks herself like, no, that that wrong film. Oh, I'm slipping already. Oh. Green, Green is immediately looking to see if there are any like structures or anything that like could be an issue anything like hiding in the shadows no more surprises for green for the rest of time um give me give me a skill check and then i don't know if you have any skills that would add to it um i picked physical tools uh wayfinding and stealth so i don't think any of those does karma apply to this role yeah so you'll always roll karma with it um and it's just a matter of if i ever tell you that your karma is bad that was a six, unfortunately. So things are going south already. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the path looks like a path and you're feeling pretty good that like, if you follow this path, you're going to find stuff and it's probably a good idea to go that way. Yeah. I was going to say that uh, Adriana also does that again. Like this is a very watchful person. So it's like looking as well to see what the danger might be around. Okay, go ahead and give me give me a, a skill check roll. Uh oh my god. Uh that was 18. Ooh. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so we got Crean who's just like looking up, like they're looking up at the sky. Like, oh man, it's dreary here too. Interesting. And meanwhile, Adriana is like down on the sand, looking at everything at like eye level on the ground looking around um and i'm gonna say adriana you like kind of down this pathway a little bit you start noticing what look like um some tracks um there's a few that look like footprints you also see what looks like um you would probably describe it as like snake trails Okay. I think I relay that to folks who are around me. I'm like, oh, are you seeing this? 
like this there's some footprints it seems like snake trails I think we're coming up to like whatever it is um I guess I don't know if we can be stealthy and like surprise something can we in this system um I would say like if you wanted to you could I could let you roll for something stealthy and then I could figure out what that looks like in terms of combat like maybe you get to go first or you get like an action like if you're able to surprise them you can get like one action off before they start attacking you back so yeah. if you want to roll some stealth you can go ahead and roll some stealth yeah I think I'm gonna try that because that also is one of my skills is like moving stealthily um okay uh and that one was an eight so maybe not as good <laughs> okay um let me i'll roll i'll roll for them let me roll for each of them um okay so adriana you um tell me what your stealthing looks like tell me what you're doing yeah i think um <laughs> i'm kind of a silly person so i think i like go on the ground like army crawling my way forward and like telling folks to stay back because there's not a lot of cover so it's like oh if I stay low to the ground maybe it'll help in this situation I love that energy um all right and how are the rest of you um let me see who it uh Adam and is it Menashi Menashi Menasha Manasha, okay. What are what are the two of you doing as as all this is kind of unfolding? So I feel like everyone else is kind of doing something. We have Vlad's sad about the weather. Um, so I actually uh, DM'd you on Zoom. Oh, uh, about like kind of what my character is doing. Uh, just because it's it kind of a different sort of scenario than I think the rest of everybody will be doing. Okay um yeah give me go ahead and give me the give me the like go ahead and roll for it okay perfect thank you all right so thirteen okay um all right so yeah you you accomplish what you were generally trying to accomplish um so I'll look uh Menaji, what are you what are you doing um, so Nashka's kind of just like not doing the exact same stuff as like Crean and Adriana, but kind of just observing the area, humming to himself a little bit, reminiscing on previous adventures that felt like this, um, and then starting up the path a little bit behind Adriana. Okay. Um uh... All right. Um, so everybody, so you're, we got Adrian in the front, just like army crawling <laughs> their way through the sand. Um, and I'm going to, uh, Adam, given information that I just sent you, are, what are, are you doing anything with that? I will just kind of keep my distance and watch for now. Okay. Um, then Adriana, as you were crawling, 
and you failed your stealth check relative to the monsters, um, you're like crawling along, crawling along, and then all of a sudden you are face to face with a burrow snake. Um, so I'll read you the thing. So these are stealthy, stealthy spirits. These stealthy spirits have iridescent scales that are sometimes obscured by an orbiting twin serpent shadow. They use their plow-like nose to dig through various materials that make up the keys of the ink. Um, so we are entering combat, and since uh, I'm going to say since Adriana, you tried to surprise them, but you failed. Uh, they are going to get an attack on you. Actually, that's one of their special abilities. I didn't even see that. They have a surprise attack ability. <laughs> um, uh, what is your defense? Yeah, my defense um, is a base seven. Okay. Um, so they rolled a 10. So you take uh, you take six damage. Is the stamina the health in this system? Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Stamina is your health. Yeah, I'm evaporated. I am dust. <laughs> so. <laughs> I remember. So, in the way that the way that the the death mechanic works is when somebody is dead, like when somebody like is out of stamina, they fall unconscious and they're on the ground. Everyone else has the ability to lay hands on to revive them. If nobody, if everyone's downed or nobody lays hands on a person, then the the, the body or the spirit would dissipate and go back to the beacon. Um, so, uh, Adriana is our first death of the game <laughs> on hit number one. Um, all right. And so we are, we are now segueing into actual combat. Um, if everybody, so the way, again, the way that this works is I will jot down what my, things are going to do you all will independently decide what you're going to do you have four base actions that you can use how far away from these things are we because i know there was like distances yeah yeah, yeah. i've got i'm going to give you those in a second because there's some some layers happening um so in combat so you can roll your basic attack of a 2d6 plus or minus your karma um, Adriana, I'm going to say that if somebody revives you, that you're going to have negative karma at this point because you done failed stealthiness and triggered a fight. Makes sense. Here for um, it. So you can basic attack, which is rolling your 2d6 plus or minus your karma. Um, you can use a power. And before we were discussing that the powers, basically, once you use a power, you can't use it again until you've replenished at a beacon. Um, so kind of thinking of like a spell slot from like a D&D, like once you've expended it, you got to wait until you recover. Um, you can hex. So you can cause the the bad guy or the monsters uh, to have negative karma. And then you could also shield. So the way that shielding kind of works is that your shadow hides behind your spirit and only takes half damage in combat. So... Um, I have a question about hexing. Um, yes. If multiple people select that, does it flip multiple times or does it just go to negative? Like, does it, it like, just, we ended up positing it, making it positive again? No. You, so you, well, and there are, well, in a second, I'll tell you all the things that you see. So you could 
impact more than like you might choose to hex one thing and somebody else chooses to hex a different thing. Um, so all that quickly happens. And what you see is three burrowing snakes. And you also see, let me put my book outside. I have to keep flipping. Six wandering spirits. Uh, these spirits have been wandering the ink for so long that they have lost their humanity. They mill about unleashing their hungry shadows on anyone foolish enough to approach them. So there, I would say from where you all are, the snakes are at like the short distance. And then that these hung, these wandering shadows or these wandering, yeah, these wandering shadows are at like a long distance from you. So it would take them a move to get to you all. Uh, do the wandering spirits notice us? Yeah, when the when the burrowing snake like clamped down. Oh yeah, <laughs> Adriana kind of let out like a scream or a yell or some exclamation of pain, um, which did draw and it almost like zombie ish where they were like kind of and then they all like turn and get quiet and their eyes get really wide, um, and they start kind of bumbling towards you. Um, so at this point, everybody somehow write down, somehow it pick which of the things you're going to do. Starshine, what are you doing? Use power using screech. Okay. Uh, Vlad, what are you doing? Uh, I'm running up to the first snake I see, which was the one that ate, uh, Adriana or are, are you doing a basic attack on it? A basic attack. Yes. Okay. Basic <laughs> attack. Uh, Kareen, what are you doing? Uh, I'm laying hands on Adriana. Amazing. Uh, Minashi, what are you doing? Uh, I'm basic attacking the snack that, uh, snack snake that killed Adriana. Okay. And Adam, what are you doing? I have a quick question about my power because it's a little bit different than just like an active thing. It's more like a passive thing. Okay. Um, because what's it's the what's the power? Kite, the kite ability, uh, where oh. it's the passive one. Where I mean, it also states that there's a stamina rack of fifteen, which I don't have starting out. So that's kind of I just was wondering about that too. Um, was it a power that was innate to your? Yeah, um, it was um, with the Bastion. Uh, that was okay. the power you start out with. Okay, yeah. So so the first, so in the round, when you get attacked for the first time, you'll get to roll your 2d6, and if they're doubles, you don't get attacked. Gotcha, okay. Makes basically, sense. I basically think of sure. it like a, on, on the first attack in a round, it's basically a, 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 a save. Got it. So I don't have to even like really worry about like using it. It's just kind of an innate thing that I can do first time yeah. around that I'm attacked. Okay. Yeah. And Got it's it. mostly, and I would say it's it's on you to remember that you get to roll the dice on the first attack. Gotcha. That's usually my, right. that's usually my philosophy on like DM things. Like it's on y'all to remember your powers, or your other things. Cause I don't got your character sheets. So. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. No worries. Okay. I just wanted to make, I just wanted to make sure I got that correct. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, um so I would be this is this is this is public knowledge to to the group. Um I am going to actually attempt to hex uh the one that is whichever enemy is closest to me. Okay. So now now that all of you have like unveiled what your your things are and 
uh, my so the burrow snakes are all going to attempt attacking, just basic attacking. Um, and then the wandering spirits, um, they're going to spend they, their only option is to spend around just like moving. So they're just moving, kind of shuffling towards y'all um, off in the distance. So, um, so let's do it this way. Um, Starshan, what is your what power are you using? Screech. So every creature within long range gains frailty two or two frailty tags. Okay. Depending how you wish to phrase it. Oh, yeah. And so then let's talk about tags for a real quick second. So a lot of moves will have adding a tag. Um, basically, it's a status element. So if it's frailty for existence, you would keep track of I have two frailty and that and I'll look up in a second what those specific the specific ones do. Um, a tag can never get never be more than 10. Um, but they can stack. So like you can keep adding more frailty to something up until it gets to a 10. You can have 10 frailty and you can have other tags too. So like you could have 10 of each of them, although at that point you're dead. Um, Cause like the fire one, like the more you add the fiery tag, like the more damage it does to you every round. And at this point, given that Adriana died from six hit points, uh, eight burning will likely take most of you out, which is like the max that the, the fiery tag can do. So that's those are like the tags. All right, so they all have frailty too. Um all right, uh Vlad, you were attacking a thing. Yes, I was. I'm attacking the sneak. Give me give me your roll. Yes. Oh, uh eleven. Yeah, that'll definitely that definitely hits. Um, so then you get to tell me how much damage you do. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> uh, my damage, uh, 2d6 plus one burn. Yeah. So you set things on fire when you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Very exciting. <laughs> um, so, so you rolled, what was your roll? Uh, it was, it was, um, it was 11. Okay. Um, yeah, so, plus so one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So the one, the snake that you hit. Fucking and I guess tell me like because this would be your shadow. This is Igor, your shadow. What does it look like when Igor attacks? Uh, Igor is a he looks like a, a shadowy porcupine, and he like just just runs up and then just like ex- and not explodes because that'd be combust. But he um, essentially like bites and then um, the needles kind of come out and stick into the snake, and then fire comes out of his his needles. So then everyone else sees this little porcupine thing and then the snake that bit Adriana just goes like and like kind of like it's like a very like glittery because it's all covered in like iridescent scales and it just like dissipates. Um, Okay, Lex was laying on hands, which let me I forget. Is that I forget how much that recovers. Oh, I think they're up with one and I don't think I have to roll for it. You don't have to roll for it. Um, I just remember what the oh lay hands. Uh, yep, one stamina. Oh, it takes approximately five minutes to complete, which means you'd be doing that for the whole fight. 
So do you want to do that or do you want to wait until you've killed these things? Um, I guess if it's going to take the whole thing, I should probably just do a basic attack. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give me your basic attack roll. That's a 15? 15. Yeah, definitely hits. Cool. Um, and then what do I do after that? Uh, roll your damage. Okay. Um, that's 1d6 plus 1 poison damage. 4 plus 1 is 5. Cool. And Manashi, what are you doing? Uh, I was attacking the snake, but Igor obliterated it. Well, there so. are three. Okay. Then so. my shadow will lash out at another adjacent snake. Okay. Uh, okay. Say so there's two still standing. One of them that Kreen hits is hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a, a third one. So I'll go for the third one. Uh, okay. That's a seven. That I think that that does not hit. Um, yeah, that does not hit. And then Adam, at this point, um, I'm gonna say people probably have no, at this point have kind of noted like you're looking like as, as chaos is ensuing. Uh, your sixth party member has has just wandered the fuck off. Um. And so uh, I'm keeping track. So, and you opted to hex. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let me add that to hex. Okay, um, awesome. And that brings all the wandering shadows closer to all y'all. Um, and. All right, so now we have another round of combat. So everyone jots down the thing that they're going to do. And we'll reveal in opposite order this time. So I'll start down with Adam. I will continue to do the thing that I am doing um, on the next individual enemy. Okay. Okay. and then uh, Manashi? Uh, I'm going to be attacking the same snake. Okay. And so the, technically the way this works is you're supposed to announce which of the moves you're going to do. Uh, and then once that's done, you can figure out if you're going to attack which kind of, like, gotcha. which thing you'll do. Um, Green, what are you doing? I'm going to try hexing. Okay. Uh, Vlad, what are you doing? Uh, basic attack on the snake. All right. And uh, Faith. Starshine. Basic attack. Okay. All right. So at this point, the wandering shadows have kind of descended upon you as well. So they're all within distance at this point because it takes a round for them to get from one to the other. Um, so you have... Two snakes, one that's the shadow on it is kind of withery a little bit, um, kind of uh, limping along. Um, and then a bunch of these wandering, these six of these wandering shadows that are just like ambling towards you, making gurgly ground, like groaning sounds. Um, 
All right. So people who are making basic attacks, go ahead and roll your basic attacks. And Crean and Crean just let me know like which which thing you're hexing. I think which is one of the snakes doesn't have a hex right now, right? Correct. I don't think so, either of them have a hex. Okay. The the closest one then. Okay. Um all right. Um, how did everybody do on your attack rolls? Fourteen. Oh, uh, let's try this again. Uh, Starshine. Fourteen. Fourteen. Vlad. Zero. How did you get a zero? I'm just oh, sorry. So I'm just question. I'm wondering. Um, karma on the last is always negative. I'm just curious. No, karma. Your karma is positive. Oh darn. Okay, I was using it as negative. Okay. No, karma is always a positive for you until I tell you otherwise. Okay. Thank you. Uh, a seven, then. Okay. Uh, Manashi? Eight. Eight? Okay, so we had a 14, a seven, and an eight. Um, and were you all attacking snakes, or were you attacking shadows? Snakes. I was going for one of the shadows. Okay. And Vlad? Smack. One of the snakes. Okay. Uh, Nanite? Yours hits. Glad yours doesn't. And Faith, yours hits. Um, and uh, Adam slash Bolin, give me another. Give me another skill roll. Um, and then Nanite and Starshine, let me know how much damage you do to your respective things. Uh, nine. nine damage to the snake. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of the, the snake is dead. Four damage plus one frailty. So you said it was four damage plus four. one frailty. Yes. Okay. Uh, it looks like that hit looks like it did a ton of damage to it. Like it looks like it's hanging on for dear afterlife. All right. Uh, another round. Things are still standing. So there's one snake left, and there are six wandering spirits, one of which looks real rough. Okay. Um, cool. So, let me, uh, Kareen, what are you doing? I'm gonna attack one of the spirits. Okay, so you're doing a basic attack? Basic attack, yep. Uh, Vlad, what are you doing? Uh, hexing the wretched, ratchet-looking uh, spirit. Okay. Uh, Manashi, what are you doing? Basic attacking the snake. Okay. And Faith? Uh, basic attacking the... Basically continuing the beatdown on the one that's already getting beaten. All right. I love it. Um, all right. So as people go to basic attack on the snake... Uh, the snake burrows quickly into the ground and then pops up with a fun surprise attack. Who doesn't love a surprise attack? Um, Popping out of the ground like daisies. <laughs> um, and I'm going to say is going to pop up and try and hit uh, Manashi's shadow. But Utterly. F- oh wait, uh, they get another. They're hexed, right? Yeah, it's hexed. So it re- it super fails. It fucking got a zero. 
<laughs> Marvelous. Good job, Mozart. So you see the snake like pop up like it's doing something and just like chomps right into the sand. Um, and it looks like a flamingo. Like it's got its it's like that body came up and then it just head buried and it's just like chilling there. Um all right, uh other basic attack folks. What were you all? Uh let's do with let's go with faith. Actually, just everyone roll me your roll me your basic attacks on and what you were attacking. 16. God, um, you only got a five. You got a five. Sorry, that was that was a fourteen. Okay, fourteen. Uh, Vlad, did you were you rolling attacks? Or no, you uh, were. I, I hexed. Okay, you hexed the snake. No, I I hexed the wretched spirit. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, and then Adam, you continued to do your thing from afar. Amazing. Um, all right. Um, so let me do this. So the, I'm going to roll, I'm going to, instead of rolling like six times for each of these spirits, I'm going to just say that the four of you that are physically close are all getting one attack. All right. I don't think any of them hit you all. Cause that was a really bad roll. So, um, starshine, you were hitting the one that was like, you were already wailing on, right? Yep. That but thing's fucking dead. You don't even need oh. to roll damage. You just, it's dead. It had one stamina left. <laughs> um, Manashi, you rolled and got, and how much damage are you doing to the snake? Five. Five damage. Okay. Um, let's see. Is it now dead? It might be. I think it's dead. It's dead. We'll say it's dead. Um, snake is dead. Um, it was also frail. Yeah, very much. Okay. Um, and Crean, what were you doing? Were you hexing? No, I was attacking. Uh, basic okay. attack. Uh, okay. It was an 11. 11? Um, one of the spirits. Yeah. Okay. So that, that definitely hits. Um, and what is your damage? Uh, five plus one is six, and they take a poison tag. Okay. Um, well, they would take a poison tag, but they're dead because they have five stamina. <laughs> um, all right, so there are three wandering spirits left. Everyone, tell me what you're gonna do. Uh, let's start with I feel bad that Adriana like started this match off by just dying. <laughs> I like to think that despite her being dissipated in the air, she's seeing everyone wall up on these spirits and feels very <laughs> proud. So. Just like watching from an ethereal after afterlife being like, my babies, they're doing so good. Exactly. Like a, little wait, a little waiting room. <laughs> it's labeled the waiting room to purgatory. Yeah, it's like the queens in RuPaul's Drag Race where they watch if they're in the back room. Like that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> you're the you're in the Interior Illusions Lounge, sponsored by Absolute Vodka. Exactly. They're in the gold room. <laughs> um. All right. So, what is everybody? Tell me. Tell me your moves. Which of the four basic moves are we do? Or four things. Um. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, I saw Nana. I saw you unmuting. Uh, I'm just basically attacking one of the wandering spirits. Okay. Yeah. I'm also following up with the basic attack. Okay. Green. Everybody attacking this turn. <laughs> All suit. Uh, and Vlad also basic attacking. Basic attacking on the wretched spirit because I have it out for them. Okay. Uh, all right. So let me roll and see if, okay. And at this point, as all of this is happening, you finally see Adam come out of nowhere with their, their shadow taking charge, lunging at one of the shadows or one of the spirits as they've been like hiding in the bushes off to the side. Uh, you see the shadow being like, if you see the like the warlock, uh, like you know, in WoW, like the warlock has that like that shadow, like that big old, I don't remember what it's called. It's like the um, shoot, I'm gonna have to. It's like one of the shadows that the warlocks has that they can summon, and it's like literally like this like bluish kind of grayish blackish thing uh, that starts lunging at them. Nice. Uh, everyone give me, a, since everyone's attacking, everyone give me attack rolls. I'm going to roll some for, for these. Uh, I got a 14. Nine. I got a 7. 10. Mine would be a 12. Okay. Um, alright. So, every, everyone rolled either a 7 or better on basic attack, correct? Okay. So, everybody hits. So there's three of them. Y'all are just wailing the fuck away on them. Um, everyone roll your damage. And none of them hit you again because I can't roll for shit right now. Uh, I rolled a six. Plus Nine. one chill. <laughs> uh, okay. Four plus one frail. Yep. Six plus one poison. Yep. Twelve plus one burn. How did you get twelve? How do you have so much... Are you like a big, tanky, meaty shadow? No, he's just a little porcupine boy. What's Is your... It... It's 2d6 plus 1, right? Yeah. But oh, I guess it... it has the lowest defense in stamina. Yes. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So glass cannon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, they're all dead. Everything's dead. You killed everything. Um, Because, good job. Uh, so this is where the little da, 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 da. so you you've cleared up so and everybody um there were nine things so I, think this, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's supposed to be per player or just collective. I'm gonna give it per player because I feel like I'll just give you all some money because it's a one shot. So everyone gets 18 coins, which you can spend at a shop. It's going to give a raise to the ferryman. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to walk in. Well, first off, uh, Kareen, are you going to, are you going to lay, lay hands on yeah. Adriana? Yep. Okay. Yeah. The flavor of this is that, uh, my, my monk in my actual game is, uh, what is it? It's the like hands of harm, healing and harm or whatever. So I'm, I'm literally punching her back to life. <laughs> I love that. It's you just feels... like punch to the air and I like come back. <laughs> I, I just imagine Larry the Lobster like, breathe, darn you. And then just punching her body. 
I just thought of like every Very dramatic funny. movie where like people are like pounding on someone's chest, being like, breathe, God damn it. Cause they give up on CPR and just start punching somebody in the chest and that works better. Yeah, yeah. And then they, sh- you know, start with the shouting about like, remember what you're here for. <laughs> you're here to There's pass over, to not, not start over. Um, amazing. So, so that's one, you've cleared a key. Um, and so you, when you head back toward the, the ship, the beacon, as you walk by it, the beacon refreshes everybody. So you get your powers back, uh, your, your at full health again, all those good things. Um, and the ferryman says, ah, step one. You did good. And what did we do exactly? Well, you killed the things that were on this key. They were they were trouble. Do they come back or? I don't know. I've never actually been to the same key twice. Hmm. It's a funny thing, the ink. When you leave. Suddenly things change. They move. You end up in new places. My maps are almost useless once I've been somewhere. I tried going back to an island, to a key once, and it was a fire key. Volcanoes and eruptions. And when I went back, well, it was haunted and ghastly and very different. And I went back using the same path. It's funny. It's funny how that happened. And you would all probably have at least some cursory knowledge of like the lore of the place that like that's truly how this place exists. Like if you leave a key and then try and like turn around and go back, it's different. Like something has changed and it's no longer the same. Um, and like going from key to key, the underlying goal is like trying to clear things out and make things safer, better, get rid of all these. Like you, you basically kind of took care of like wandering spirits who had given up hope and maybe then I'll be refreshed at a beacon somewhere and be better. So I just choose to walk back on the boat and I hand the ferryman another coin. Adriana, as you hand the ferryman your coin and you start to walk away, you you notice that he puts the coins back in your pocket, like as if he was trying to like reverse pickpocket you, but he he rolled so badly that like you feel his hand go into your pocket and you hear him clink two coins back into your pocket with everything else. I I think I just like look at him and I nod and I keep walking. Now, now I know how it works. I didn't know how it worked. So. <laughs> um, all right. So the ship kind of ventures off. Um, again, you're kind of sailing through off in the distance, you can hear like what sounds like large sea monsters kind of sporadically growling or things, but they're far enough off in the distance that they don't seem like they're going to get close enough to you for to cause problems. Um, and it's about what feels like maybe another day's journey. Um, and you all end up on the next key. And this is a really tiny little key. So you you roll up. Or you, you you roll up. I'm gonna get words for boats right, but you you get up to the to the island. Uh, there's an actual dock this time, 
And so the, they, they drop the ramp down onto the dock. Um, and you see that basically the entire key is one like medium sized building um, that above it says the perpetual grind. And it is one of the elixir shops where you can purchase goods um, from the spirited from spirited spits. That is your spirit burista. Not to be confused with a barista. This is your burista. Um, so folks are able to walk in. I'm quickly scrolling to, so you can get the way elixirs work. Um, if you are, if you have the PDF up, it's on page 75 has kind of, you can buy elixirs for different things. So you can get fire or ice, like fire and ice ones. You can get ones that impact statuses, um, you can get ones that are speed and defense, um, some strength, and luck. Um, and you can also buy um, memory shards as well, but those are 60 coins, which most of you do not have, or you shouldn't have that many coins yet. Um, so as you all get to the shop and you walk in, you, you see this little Casper-looking spirit just kind of floating um, and they have their, sh the shadow is behind them and it's this massive, like gorilla, which is very contrasting to this, like very tiny little spirit that you see just kind of chilling there. Um, and they, you know, they see you come up and they're like, oh, hello, it's some visitors. This is so nice. I haven't had a visitor in. Um, well, time is relative, and it might have been a few days. It could have been a few weeks. I don't really know. Um, and you see the the gorilla in the back, like it almost looks like they're kind of smiling, like they're very just pleased um, that there's people, but they're not like moving. They're just kind of standing there, very stoic, but with like a half smile on their face. And they say, "Can I? Can I help you all? Can I get you something?" Um, I shove through from the back, uh, just, just going right through bumping into everyone else, not caring, uh, slam my arm on the bar counter and say, finally a drink old fashioned, please. Now. Man, there's Vladimir. And you see, you see the, the, the barista kind of looks for a second and does kind of a little, hmm. And then like turns and you see kind of whispering in like almost like trying to communicate with the gorilla, but it's a shadow and it's not going to communicate back. It just, but they're like, did we get that once? I think there was one time someone, oh yes, 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 yes. I remember now it was at least seven years ago when the little old lady came through, she had seen so much and she just wanted an old fashioned and she taught me how to make it. And I'm going to roll... Roll two dice to see how well they make this old fashioned for you. Ooh, okay. Um, and we'll give the, we'll give a little good karma. Yeah. Um, so they just like whip up this drink. It's in front of you, and it's now like it looks like the perfect old fashioned. Um, and they say that'll be one coin. 
I, I throw two coins, not throw, sorry. I, I toss two coins at them and uh, I, I just, I pick up the cup and I, I, I smell it and it smells reinvigorating. Mm-hmm. And then I down it so super fast. Perfect. And I'm going to say that is going to negatively hex you because now you're a little bit tipsy as a ghost. Ooh. It was a very good old fashioned. Um, and also you're giving in devices. So I feel like I should punish that somehow. And I just wanted a reason to negatively hack somebody. So congrats. Um, what are other people, what are other people wanting, needing? Um, how, how much are elixirs? Are we going to be rolling for elixirs or can we just like ask for an elixir? I would say you can ask for certain things. So yeah. Um, elixirs are 10 coins. Um, equipment is 40 coins. And memory shards are 60. So in theory, everybody could buy one elixir. And I would say, tell me what you're looking for, like what kind of thing you're looking for. And then I'll tell you what um, the spirited uh, barista has for you. Faith is going to do two things. First yep. thing, she's going to sort of, as he goes past, just nudge Vlad a little bit and be like, of all the things I thought would persist to the afterlife, capitalism wasn't one of them. Hey, comrade. <laughs> and then just walks up to the ghost, puts all 18 coins down and goes, surprise me. Let's see what the gods have in mind today. Um, and Can I respond? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I nudge back. Tell me that again when you can't get a loaf of bread. All right, so uh, the the spirit puts a potion down, a little thing down on the bar for you, uh, Faith, and slides it your way and says, oh, I think this will be really helpful. It'll make you move really fast. You can get places a lot quicker than before. And they give you an elixir of speed greater. So you can move one additional zone per round. Just immediately saying, I can definitely make use of that. And then they worked on the ship done quicker. And then they slide eight coins back to you and they say, I don't take more than I need. Well, it's rare to meet an honest person, but I'm not going to complain. Um, Adriana, are you buying anything? Yeah, I think I, now that I understand it, I, I'll do the same thing because I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, and I, I'm, I'm like, here's the 10. Just give me anything. All right. Uh, they hand, so they, the spirit kind of moves around, digs in a couple things, opens a drawer, pulls out a thing, looks at it, swirls, and goes, hmm, sets it down right in front of you and goes, well, this will be really helpful. Sometimes you get these nasty things that gives you bites and then their venom just like, and I don't like it. And it's a, an elixir of antidote. It makes you immune to poison. Thank uh, you and, so much. And it will uh, wear off after five uses. So after five poison tags, it'll wear off. Um, other folks, Kreen? Yeah, um, I would like an elixir of... Mm, Let's go with the chill, the greater chill one, greater frost. Oh, these okay. Um, 
All right, I'll do it this way. You're going to ask for that one because I like a little bit of randomness to see if they have it. Give me something for the fire and ice table. <laughs> I was going to do uh, odds you'll get the good one, evens you'll get the just the regular frost. Uh, and they rummage around. You see them pull out like a, what looks like a big a big bottle, but it's empty. And they're like, ah, oh, put it back down, pull out a smaller bottle and set it down in front of you and go, Sorry, we ran out of the good one. I think the last adventurers that came through must have taken it. Or maybe, um, I don't think I named the the gorilla. Um, Stanley. Maybe it was Stanley. Sometimes Stanley gets into trouble. He doesn't hurt anything. He just likes to take the potions and then go outside and see what kinds of things they do. He's inquisitive. This will do just fine. Thank you. Uh, and then... Let's see Adam or Manashi. Yep, I can do my next. Um, so I'm kind of just I'm don't really you don't really see me doing this, but I'm just kind of just kind of perusing the the wares and looking looking at what they have. Just like, do you have anything that can make me stronger? Anything to make me stronger? And they're like, look that. And they go, oh my goodness, yes, absolutely. And we're gonna roll. Uh, and they put out a potion in front of you, and then it is an elixir of temporary ferocity. So your base damage increases by four for the next three encounters, uh, but you lose 1d3 defense as a side effect. Mm, perfect. Okay, fantastic. Um, and you said that was, what, 10 coins, right? Yeah. I like round mm. numbers. 10's a nice round number. Mm, I think you can maybe... Um... Mark that down just a little bit more for me. Hmm. Uh, you could give me a roll. I can. I have a I have the perfect kind of roll for this one. So, uh, my just kind of an FYI for my character, I have the ability to haggle prices. So oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so let me. So that's just a normal. That's just the the two the two roll. Yep. Plus your karma. Plus karma. Okay. Cool. And since you're using a skill, it'd be a plus two. All right. So. Nine, 11. And your spirited barista rolled a 13, and they just look at you and go, mm, I'm really sorry, but I can't do that. You see, uh, we have really set prices here, and I can't negotiate. Otherwise, sometimes people get mad, and then they'll come in and they'll break things in my store. And then, Stanley, and then Stanley gets very mad and has to hurt them. And it just leads to a lot of hurting, and I don't like it. Fair enough. Okay. I totally get that. All right. I'll take it for 10. Um, all right. And then Minashi? I want something that'll help me protect others. If you have that. Uh, other people. Or give me the strength to protect others. Mm, there you go. We're rolling the strength table for you. Uh, let's Um, what kind of um, what for your character? What kind of tags does, do they use when you roll things? Like, what's your? Uh, no tags. Oh, you don't. Okay, you don't have any. Mm-hmm. My mom okay. doesn't have tags. Gotcha. Um, then I'll give you because the other, these ones it was like you can cause you cause double the amount of certain tags, and I was like, well, if you don't have those, then that's silly to give you. Um, so you could get uh, they set it down, 
Um, it's an elixir of permanent accuracy. Uh, you roll an extra 1d6 on attack rolls whenever you have positive karma, but you do lose 1d3 defense. So you'd roll a d6 and cut it in half. That works. Um, and that one is p- permanent, so mm. you would permanently lose that defense. Mm. Should you choose to drink it. Okay. All right. That was our round of shopping. Um, we're all headed back to the boat. And uh, so the ferryman is very excited and welcome to see you. And you see him waving goodbye to the barista. Um, he's like, I've heard about this one. Never gotten a chance to see it before. What a lovely little building. And you all are headed off um, to... So you come up to, after another bit of traveling, you come up to an, a, a bit of a larger island, or a larger key. Um, and you... It looks like a forest has been there, but like all of like the leaves and everything is just kind of black. Like it's like beyond fall colors. Like it's like everything is gross. Almost looks like everything is like poisoned and toxic and just like gross. And you hear Britney Spears in the background just playing a little bit, little. Um, but like when you when you get off the boat, um, they kind of dock at a there's not really a place to dock, but it's just kind of, they, they've dropped the ramp um, kind of along like a ridge. And there's a little bit of a clearing into this, like really dense and, and kind of nasty forested area. Um, And in the distance, you can hear what sounds like just like wailing and screaming and, it like sounds like something is like hungry uh, and it doesn't sound friendly. Um, and as, as you all are kind of disembarking from the ship, you hear the ferryman go, ah, I think that's one of them lesser fiends that's out there in the world. Be careful friends, whatever you dealt with before, this one's worse. They're always worse. And you see him very quickly like pull the ramp up and the ship kind of pulls away from the key a little bit and like drops anchor maybe like a quarter mile, still still keeping the island in in view so it won't lose it. Um, but very clearly, like the ferryman is like, absolutely not. I won't even touch, I won't even step foot on this island. Um, so how would you all like to proceed? Well, thanks. The mention of like it being a lesser fiend just sort of gets her hackles up for a brief moment. You hear just mumble. Well, no wonder it's angry if you're just calling it lesser for no reason. Gosh, some people. And she just looks to one of the trees like, I guess I should get the lay of the land and climb up and see if I can see anything. All right. Uh, give me a skill check for that. That's the... Nine. Um, yeah, I think you're able to, you're able to get decently up the tree. Um, and when you, when you're climbing up, you see that like 
everything on this island, like it's like I said, it's a decent sized island. Looks like it'd probably take you a solid, a solid half day to get from like one one side to the other. Um, and everything like where you're at, everything you thought it looks pretty dark and like just coated in like black and gross, but you realize like the edges seem not as bad, but like, as you get closer to the epicenter of this Island, everything just keeps getting darker and darker until like, it looks like in the middle, it's just like the middle's almost rotted. Um, and you, you can see like trees kind of collapsing in a little bit. You can see not like a gravitational pull, but it just looks, it feels like the Island is just kind of slowly caving in on itself as if there's something so rotten in the middle of this island that it's literally pulling life forms down to it. Um, and you can see some paths to kind of get there. Um, they're all going to be kind of like tricky and having to navigate, like getting through the wooded areas. Um, and there's a bit of like a small cat, like a, not a chasm, big chasm, but a bit of a small thing that like you're definitely have to figure out how to get over. Yeah, she's sort of going to shut that down to everyone, but also having a moment just as she gets up. Four years in the Bolshoi, not a moment of it wasted. And just looks at the hole. Oh, oh dear. Much like the ending of my time at the Bolshoi, that's a big dark pit. I think Karina's going to... Here's the sound of uh, a fiend and immediately decides to drink his elixir. (laughs) Okay. Um, I forget which elixir did I give you? That was the fire and ice one. It uh, wears off after triggering five times. Effects are automatically recharged whenever the character visits a beacon. Uh, no penalty or anything like that. Yep. Yeah, okay. Cool. All right. What are what are y'all doing? Um, Manasha would like to try and figure out the best path best path forward. Um, going off with the what Faith has relayed. To the group. Yeah, go ahead and give me a skill check. Would wayfinding help with this? Yeah, why not? Okay. That sounds like a good use of a word. Do you add karma to this role? Yes. Okay. Uh, that is a 12. 12. Yeah, so you definitely, like, you can see, well, the first thing you notice is that there is not a distinct, clear, this is a path. Everything is kind of overgrown by like just these like bushes and weeds and vines and like nothing looks like it's going to attack you, but it's just overgrown. And like if there was a path here at one point, it's definitely gone now. Um, But you can kind of see some ways through the trees and through some of the like just all this growth and black and rot tree like did you like grab one like you touch one of the trees and like bits of the bark kind of crumble in your hand because it's just so rotted um and based on kind of where you can hear the trajectory of like the sounds of this snarling screaming thing you have a general direction of like okay we go this way and kind of dip in and out of the trees we should be able to get where we need to go Yeah, I think. Um, oh. oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I Vlad sees because uh, we're we're in front of this pit, correct? Like this, you're like a decent. It's probably like 
maybe an hour or two's like journey to get to the center. Um, but like you, Faith would have relayed like, this is what I saw. It's, there's this, what it looks like just like a giant sinkhole in the middle of the island. Right. Because for some reason, Vlad just, he, he feels this like pit in his stomach in that direction. It gives him this internal sense of dread. And mm-hmm. so he's he's kind of on edge and almost feels like he's having a panic attack. Uh, so he's on, he he uh, he's like trying to get on, on the defensive, essentially. Uh, okay. And he's staying alert, like just looking around and making sure nothing's going to just pop out. Okay, go ahead and give me um, give me a skill check just for like perception, looking around, alertness, that kind of stuff. For sure. I have a staying alert skill. Yeah. So go ahead and so you'll add two to your roll. Great. And that's three D6. Three D6. And one of those is negative because you're drunk. Right. <laughs> oh no. I uh, I have four. Yeah. So you're definitely looking around and there are trees everywhere. And you're pretty confident that if you walk in the direction of the sound, that you'll absolutely get there. Um all right, Adriana, you were gonna do something. Well, I was gonna say that um since uh Folks had already talked about like the wayfinding and the way to go. I would just be ready to go. I wouldn't be doing anything special, just like ready to head out with the crew. Okay. Um. All right, Adam Bolin. Yeah. So, uncharacteristically, for what you've seen so far, um, you actually see me. I see my spirit kind of uh, tap uh, Vlad on the shoulder a little bit. Like, y'all right there. Are you sure? You're sure you're okay? Doing good? I know what it's like to be anxious. I know what it's like to the to feel on edge. Do you mind if I give this a try? Um so any touch he feels is just like it's almost revolting to him. Just he feels incredibly uh uh cold and clammy and and almost like lightly pushes him away just just like no please i'm fine i'm i'm fine okay sorry i asked uh i'm just gonna kind of go just kind of just stay silent at that point and uh we'll um we'll just let the let the group decide what they want to do all right so manashi i know you were the one that kind of identified a path are you leading folks i will lead the folks um cautiously uh due to the general nature and the the unease um of the party uh with the potential lesser fiend yeah um all right, I'm going to say, as we're kind of navigating, if you want to give me another skill check for wayfinding to kind of see what you see. is a 10. You, what you realize is when you get closer to the center, that it's not. it wasn't so much that, like, everything was collapsing into a pit. It's is that it's actually, like, a valley at the bottom, like, in the middle of this island. And the trees are actually all kind of angled on their sides and, and it's growing and black. And at the very, very bottom, it kind of wandering around, you see um, what you might know as a, as a famished spirit. 
So famished spirit is a rotting looking spirit carrying around the ravenously hungry core of a shadow within. It writhes out of its mouth and drains its enemies of their sustenance. So you have this kind of like shambling being that, um, and we'll say for dramatic effects that they are there. There's some that there's another spirit and perhaps another adventurer who is there and you you see them like do this thing and they the shadow kind of comes out their mouth almost like the alien the xenomorph alien small mouth and it just like bites into like a chunk of their neck and it kind of pulls until you see this entire spirit kind of dissolve down and go into the this famished spirit um where the spirit goes, you don't know. Um, but that's what you see happen. Uh, you also hear a couple, um, you hear cawing. Like you hear, now that you're closer, like like crows. Um, very uh, Moira Rosy, the little caca, And you can see um, about four diff- four shadowy crows kind of perched in some of the trees near the famished spirit that you would assume may also attack you if you get close. So, my favorite question, what are y'all doing? I'll drink my elixir. Okay. Um, And that, don't forget to roll the d6 to see how much of your defense you lose. Three. Amazing. I love that for you. Um, All right, anyone else doing anything prior to running in and fighting this thing? I will probably also drink my elixir as well. Okay. Uh, this one's a 1d3 defense, it looks like. Yeah, so you lose, yeah, you lose 1d3 strength. Okay. I lose 3, def- uh, three defense. You rolled, <laughs> a, you rolled a 6? Yeah. Oof. Um. Alright, so... Um, and the way we'll play this is so, um, and just as you're like cresting over like this hill, you notice at the top of the hill, again, one of those like threads in the kind of in the air in front of you that kind of glows just a bit, um, which you recognize as a beacon um, and definitely not a save point. Definitely not a save point. Um, totally a beacon. So, uh are y'all just are you just charging forward or what's what are your what do your shadows do? Tell me tell me what happens when you're like shadows take over and you do the thing. My shadow's really scary. Um my shadow's like a blob of eyes and teeth. There's like not like a form other than that that it really has. Mm-hmm. Um and I think because it's such a like big thing and I don't think there's a way to sneak up on it I think it charges forward um and uh goes to use its power on the um thing in front of it okay I will say um we'll hold on doing like yeah what it is yeah what the things specifically are um all right, and what is uh? Let's do let's just do like a, a round of them because we haven't actually talked about what our shadows look like. So, uh, Crean, what is what does it look like when your shadow is is like sees violent combat and is like, "Fuck yes, it's my turn." Yeah, 
Um, so my shadow, I think I mentioned this earlier, Lena is an axolotl. Uh, so just gets like a hundred times bigger because axolotls are actually really tiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the thing is like giant. It's got like its little waving uh, like t- tentacle things. I guess those extend to a point where like they are longer than they should be. Uh, there's maybe some extra spikes going down the back. Uh, oh, they're gills. Yeah, they're gills. Um, so those all kind of elongate in sort of a horrifying like half like octopusy sort of way um and it's uh the movement is instead of being like a regular walking or swimming sort of thing it's almost like a little sonic roll so it's still kind of cute despite the fact that it's enormous and horrifying looking <laughs> so lena's the Lina, uh, lena's rolling in there all right uh Minashi, what is what does mozart look like uh so mozart's normal form is just like a larger than normal rat that's my familiar um and then when combat comes it kind of tries its best to find a form like it's constantly shifting basically up until the moment it strikes and it just strikes with an appendage or something that it deems suitable um awesome uh adam what is your I forget what your spirit's name is, if it has one. Uh, it's, um, sorry, uh, blah, 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 I had my, I don't my character sheet here, bear with me. Uh, Artis. Um, you kind of see, like, like, crisp, like, ice crystals start kind of forming on its, on its hands and kind of tendrils kind of sticking out. Kind of looks kind of terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and then let's do, uh, Faith, what's your, what does your, your shadow look like? Asmeral is a giant sort of mothman-y creature. So mostly moth with human elements. It's always kind of tall. It's always sort of human dimensions. The main thing you'll notice with it is it's clearly pulling from Faith's film knowledge because it always moves sort of like a Jason Voorhees old school Dracula thing with its arms up moving towards. And one of the weirdest things about it is it seems mm-hmm. to be moving at a low frame rate. So it will jerk across <laughs> places. Sometimes you can tell that it's slightly more, vi- it used to be more vicious but Faith has been kind of drilling her own thing into it because sometimes it will just forget the frame rate and lunge. And then you usually see Faith looking a bit like, oh, and then it will sort of revert back to the low frame rate movement again. Nice. Giant moth of doom. Um, and Vlad slash, and what does your, your Igor look like? Um, so kind of like before, uh, he, he looks like a, a porcupine, um, but he's all black. And uh, there's little like embers uh, emitting from the tips of his needles um, and little fire kind of like um, uh, uh, reflections in his eyes are are kind of emitting from his eyes. Nice. Uh, At this point, though, sorry, a little bit of context. He looks uh, a little like like uneasy. He's a reflection of what's happening to Vlad a bit. Um, So he's still looking a little uneasy right now. Okay. Um, All right. So it is combat. So you all come, your shadows fucking tear off. Um, the spirits are kind of running to keep up from behind. Like, hey, don't leave me behind. You can only go so far. Um, so take a second to, and figure out what you're going to do, which of your four actions you're going to take. Um, and you remember there is one large famished spirit in the middle of this the valley. And there are four uh, shadow rows 
kind of, and they've all like, they've seen you all and they all like kind of are like flying in like a circle kind of around where the famished spirit is. Um, Almost like they're like, they know that it's an embodiment of kind of death and that like, maybe they'll get some pieces of something if they, they linger. So, um, all right. What is that range? Uh, I'm going to say you all are probably at this point starting running down the hills. You're probably at a long distance. And they, so you'd have to go down, what, like two, I think two ranges from like close to, I forget if it's medium or long, but you all are a bit far away. So you, you'd have to take us a minute to like run in and do something. Um, all right. So let's do this. I'm just going to call out names. Tell me what, tell me which action just, and all you gotta do is tell me the action you're taking. So, uh, let's start. We'll go, we'll go backwards this time. So, uh, Faith, what are you doing? X. X. Perfect. Uh, Vlad, what are you doing? Basic attack. Uh, Adriana. Uh, my power. Uh, Kreen. I also selected Hex. Okay. Uh, Manashi. Power. Power and Adam. Basic attack. Basic attack. All right. Um, and the crows are like they they're gonna be they kind of all rush toward you all um to try and kind of meet you halfway as you're running in. So they are also going to all they have is oh no, they've got a fun thing. Okay. Um I love fun things. I can remember what all the things are, but um, we're going to start with, they will start with making a basic attack against people. Um, and since there's four of them, I'm going to say we're going to do, I'm just going to do, um, I'll do, all right. Let me do it this way. Uh, five does not hit faith, correct? No, five does not hit faith. Okay. Uh, Vlad does a, Ooh, that's going to hit you. That's definitely going to hit you. Uh, 15. Oh, yeah, that hits. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. And you're going to take a whopping two damage. Oof. Um, and then Manashi. Uh, 14 will definitely hit you. Yeah. So also two damage. And then we'll do Kreen. Uh, 14 hits you. Yep. So you also take two damage. Okay. That was all four of the birds doing their thing. Um, and then the, yeah, the famished spirit is moving towards you all, but I'm going to say it doesn't make it in round one to get to you. Um, all right. And let's do it this way. So, uh, Adam, what are you? basic attacking uh probably will be the closest bird to us since i'm going first yeah cool um so give me your dice roll dice roll which is the two d6 plus karma okay that is going to be a 14 yeah that's definitely gonna hit these are squishy little things and since i've got the ferocity online increases my base damage by plus Four, so Did you say your damage is a plus is plus four, whatever you're rolling. Correct. Yeah, it's dead. 
because yeah, I wrote I wrote a one <laughs> plus one chill plus four. So yeah, yeah, it's plus four. It's dead already. Um, All right, cool, amazing. Uh, Manashi, what are you basic attacking? One of the crows. I'm not basic attacking. Oh, um, I am glaring at the what was the famished spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a chill effect, so it gets a tag of chill. Um, which now I got to remember what all the, do you remember what, do you know what the chill does? Um, I believe if you roll doubles when attacking it, it takes extra damage. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Weapons with a chill. Chill rolls off over time. Remove one at the start of each round. Uh, attack on a chilled target. Oh yeah. That. Uh, and I think it's one chill for glare I think so um, alright uh, Crane what is the range on hexing are you trying to hex the, the famished thing I, I that that would be my first priority yeah uh, yeah I'll say you're close enough to hex it okay that is what I'm doing okay uh, Adriana your first round of combat for real this time. Yay. <laughs> um, I'm using my power, which is hypnotized. It has a range long. Uh, it can reduce the target's defense by two for the next round. Okay. Vlad. Are you basic attacking a bird? Yes, I'm basic attacking a bird. All right. Give me your roll. Eight plus one burn. Uh, yes. That definitely hits. So give me your and then give me your damage. Uh, six. It's dead. Two birds are dead. Look at you all killing birds. Uh, Faith. Uh, are you hexing? There's a bird left, correct? There are two birds left and a famished spirit. Oh, well, Famished Spirit's already been hexed, so one of the Correct. remaining birds gets the hexings. Perfect. Um, all right. Two birds, one round. <laughs> Two birds, one round. Um, all right. So, next round. Um, and this round, the Famished Spirit will absolutely get to you all. Um, so, uh, let's go. We'll go backwards. Yeah, I went. Yes. Um, not that it matters, because y'all should be doing this independently, so even if someone takes your thing. Um, I'm going to go with Adam. What are you doing? Or Ar- Artis? Um, we are actually going to uh, shield this round. Okay. Um, Manashi? Basic, basic attacking the um, Famish Spirit. Okay. Kreen? Basic attack in the Spanish spirit. Uh, odd. Uh, basic attacking the famished spirit. And Miss Faith. Using power, screech. Let's get his defense down even lower, just to really rub it in. <laughs> uh, and Vlad. Attack. Basic attack. Okay. Cool. All right. So at this point, I think all three things are hexed. That feels right. Y'all been hexing like crazy. Uh. All right, so I'm gonna roll for my so my 
two crows. I'm gonna say my purple dice is my cursed one. Um, ooh, that's still a ten. Um, on I'm gonna say on Adam, does a ten hit you? It does hit me, but I'm gonna go ahead and roll for my power real quick. What's your What's um, your power? So it's a kite. I have to roll two d six the first time I attack each round. I roll yes. doubles. The attack is ignored. Yep. And it did not roll doubles. Okay. So then you would take two damage, but you're shielding, so you only take one damage. All right, perfect. Um, and then the other crow is going to hit Adriana, since she didn't get hit last time. Um, and then, oh God, that's terrible. Uh, that's a th- a three. I rolled a three. I'm doing doesn't great. Doesn't hit. I would hope not. <laughs> I'd be very concerned if it did. Um, and uh, Shambling, the Famished Spirit is going to roll up on... It's going to roll up on Faith. And it's going to try and attack you. Uh, But it is unsuccessful in that it rolled a four. So, doing great. Um, All right, so everyone else, roll... Your basic attacks for people who are doing basic attacks. Um, um, I rolled 10 and I did get eight doubles. So my damage is doubled. Oh, right, right. Because of the chill effect. Because it has one chill tag this round. Okay. Um, cool. How much damage do you do? 18. What's that? Ooh. My mom gets a plus three and I roll the sex. It's dead. Oh, I was about to say I got a I'm double so dice sorry. too. <laughs> oh my god, I protected my friends. It's definitely dead. Um, Alright, I don't know if I just didn't make things hard enough or I loaded you all up too much. Um, It's dead. Good job. Crean, because you didn't, and and it, well, no, you all were hitting the, you all were going for the famished spirit. Was anyone going for the birds? I don't think so. Vlad, were you going for the famished spirit? Uh, well, I was actually going to go for the birds. Okay, give me your give me your attack roll then. Uh eight. Uh that will hit. Uh six plus one burn. Okay, yeah, it's definitely dead. Um, and I know we like technically we still have one left, but there's no way that thing is going to do any damage to any of you. So we're just going to say, for purposes of moving this forward, you killed it. Good job. Um, Died of a heart attack. All right, so I'm going to say that everybody, um, just I think to get, and what I'm going to end up doing is I'm going to just because I'm looking at time and realizing like this is running longer than I think my brain thought it was going to run. So we're going to cut straight to the final boss um which may have a tpk and then you can evolve and fight the final boss leveled up um but there's absolutely no way we're going to get through all the other legs of this journey that i had written out um which is fine um i can also run the other legs of it for other people sometimes because this is definitely a fun little game um okay so everybody gets a i'm gonna say everyone gets it like when you hit the thing so Mozart comes down, 
wails this thing, just like rips it to shreds and it like bursts out. And when it does from all the people that it had like consumed over time on that, like bits of these like shot, like these little memory shards just start like bursting out of everything. And when it does it, like almost like one of those, like really cheesy, like, can't think of like fern gully kind of movie where it's like the little thing like little fleck comes down like hits you on the nose and it's like oh i got a piece of the pollen or the whatever each of you get hit with like one one shard and it like touches you somewhere and everybody has you get recollection of something like you you have a moment of stillness of of peace um of kind of feeling like you're you're working through something through your own memories that you're getting back. Um, and I'm going to ask people to share what you're remembering. Sure, I can go first. Um, I think I have a moment of stillness where I remember back to when me and my wife were young because we're childhood sweethearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were climbing trees together laughing and like the light is filtering through the leaves and it's just like a really beautiful moment. Nice. Um, what about other people? Um, I go next. Um, uh, Adam sees kind of like a, a really vivid flash of memory where he's standing on the edge of uh, the roof of the building where he um, he worked at um, for so long when he was, you know, he was a businessman. He was kind of like always had everything he ever wanted, but never really had the, you know, he never felt like he fit in or had the, um, he felt like he didn't, he, he wasn't worth it. Um, and he recalled in his mind as he was starting to step off the edge, um, his then partner was kind of calling out after him, and then everything fade, kind of faced black. All right. Um, other folks. Crean uh, remembers a moment before leaving for this most recent and last adventure uh, with a with a party of of various other people who are. He has no idea whether they're still alive, um, but confiding in a mentor um, from uh, the Order of the Watchful Eyes, uh, Rin, uh, letting him know that he was going on this trip and that you know, he might not return. Um, let's see. Oh, Manashi? Um, so Manasha recalls the very first time um, that his group succeeded on a quest and the ensuing merriments and um joyous like celebration that followed and the moment he realized like he would do anything to protect these people um vlad or faith um so vlad uh reaches into his mind thinks back and uh, sees a very friendly face and it's that of his uh probably closest friend um back where he when he was uh, at war uh for the reds um uh, of a face named uh, petrov and arguably this person was the one and only person he ever truly loved 
Um, there was nothing romantic between them, but whenever he needs courage or to uh, overcome an obstacle, he thinks of, of this friend that he had back in the day. Uh, and Faith. And Faith has sort of a couple of sort of a cascade of little memories flick through her head. But she remembers Lindsay, who was just this girl who used to write to her, said how much she loved her show and how much she loved the film she was showing. So was the only person who ever showed her, whoever sort of appreciated what she was doing and remembers that the last thing she did before going out for her failed rehearsal was to write back to one of her letters. And she sort of sits on the floor for a moment and goes, God, I hope someone said that. I really do. All right. So you all you all get back to the boat. Um, and the ferryman says, you know, yeah, as you're kind of looking out at the island, it's not that the island or the key, it's not like it's necessarily looking better. Like it's not like the rot and everything has gone away because that might have been just a funk a feature of the island itself. And maybe that's what drew the famished spirit to it. Um, but it feels better. It feels better as you're leaving. Um, and you see the ferryman and he doesn't really say much as you all are kind of coming back on board. Um, and then like, once the last person gets on the boat, he looks kind of back over everybody and says, I hope you're able to find what you were looking for on the Island. And I hope that this has been helpful in your journey. Um, and he looks down and he says, I, I'm so sorry that we're a little pressed for time at the moment. And normally I would take more efforts to make sure you were ready for uh, this kind of adventure, but um, it seems like the fates have spelled it out for me and I need to take you to your last ditch effort to f- see if you can find your way home or not home, but your way um, onto the other side. Um, I This will not be easy. The place I'm going to send you is going to be hard. Um, my understanding is it is a greater feat. Um, and while you might have been readily able to manage a a lesser fiend, um, the greaters can sometimes be even worse. And the the whole journey, the crew and everybody, it's 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 quieter, it's a little more solemn. Um, everyone's you know doing everything and they're going through the pleasantries, and it it feels fine, but every time people look at you, it's just almost like they're there's like hope in their eyes, but also that feeling that they've, they've seen other people try and do this and haven't been successful. And, you know, is hope just a slow poison in your soul that promises you something that will never deliver. Um, And so they're, they're watching all of you and you know that they're rooting for you, but they're not fully convinced in the moment. Um, so you roll up to this final island, this final key, um, and you see the entire thing is a giant skull. Um, it is the size of like a volcano. Like it's a mountain of a skull. Um, they, the, the the black ink of the waves kind of washes over different parts of it, kind of coming and going. There's just enough room to drop you off literally at the mouth. Um, like a bit of the lower jaw bone is still present. And like, there's a 
a flat surface that you're able to kind of walk into um, this thing. And in the in the distance, you can hear kind of splashing and writhing and banging against things. Um, and the as you as you all disembark and start to kind of walk in, the ferryman uh, just looks at all of you and says, "Truly." I, I hope you find what you're looking for and that this is not all in, in vain. Um, we'll be just off to the side because um, I don't want to be near that, whatever that is. And the the ramp pulls up, the ship kind of skirts around to the side a little bit. Um, and as you see it kind of skirt around to the side, a wave kind of washes over and you see the boat hadn't anchored yet and it starts drifting. And after about 30 seconds, you see it drift just enough out of view and then suddenly it's gone. And as you stand at the the mouth of this, you see one of those little slivers of light just off to the side of the, the, in the literal mouth of this cave that you're standing in. Um, so you found a beacon. And through basically what looks like the, the back of the throat, um, you see a bit far off, but you see glowing eyes kind of honing in. Um, and they kind of move very fluidly kind of around a little bit. Like it's it's sizing everybody up as you stand at the front of this um, cave. Is there any vegetation around? Um, there's you see like like the water that's inside the mouth seems better than like the ink. Like you could probably splash like you as you get off like you're standing in it and it doesn't hurt. So it's it's something from from this key. It's not the the ink that's in the the seas. Um, so you see some like, like dead algae and like kind of gross things around. It's very mud and, and swampish. Um, so you walk in, if, as you go into like the center of this thing, it opens up into kind of a larger space. Um, I'm going to read this because it just sounds really cool. So Ancient standing stones circle around a clear pool in the middle of this key. The rune-covered plithes glow with a purple light that softly illuminates the water. Something large stirs in the pool and abruptly surges out of the water, rising up on four of its eight legs. A skull grins insidiously within the bulbous, transparent dome. A savage beak opens from the juncture of of the tentacles, and a blank eye stares out as the remaining arms flail around in search of shadows to squeeze. So you are facing the Skull Octo. Uh, it has a leathery hide, eight tentacles, a sharp beak, and a baleful eye within the beak. So when it opens up its beak in the middle of its... It's got an eyeball that's staring at you. If Zelda has taught me anything, that is the weak point. <laughs> It's only if it starts flashing at you. Like, hey. <laughs> or you get little Navi. Hey, listen. God, Midna was so much better than that little <laughs> insect. Um, 
All right. So the things you see inside the space, this thing is is has risen up. It's flailing tentacles around. You do see a bunch of like tall stone structures, like columns, um, kind of around as well. Um, but yeah, um, I'm going to say it's time to fight this thing. Let's see if I can TPK you. Challenge accepted. Um, all right. So what is everyone doing? I'm just going to call people. Uh, Kreen, what are you doing? X. Uh, Manasha, what are you doing? Power. Vlad, what are you doing? X. Uh, Adriana, what are you doing? Power. Adam? Nice basic attack. Okay. Uh, and Faith? Uh, basic attack, because Faith, as sort of this happens and sort of when going in, Faith, you might have really started laughing and having a bit of a weird moment, and she's kind of fashioned some of the algae into a hat. And the first thing she says when she sees it, <laughs> sees it is with sort of a sound of awe on her sort of in her mouth. Dying would be an awfully big adventure. <laughs> um, all right. So, so everyone who was doing a base tech, go ahead and roll what you're doing while I look. For a quick thing here. All right. Um, and it one thing, so when you say you're basic attacking, let me know if you are if you're going for the head where the eyeball is, or if you're gonna go for the tentacles that are waving around, because this is final boss RPG style where those are also selectable. Um, as if they have their own stamina, even. Um, okay. I'll do I'll do one of the tentacles. Okay. Um, right for the head. Okay, let me do it. So let me do it this way. Uh, Faith, what did you? What'd you roll? Uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, and how much damage? Um, quickly do roll my damage. Uh, two plus one frailty. Okay. Um. Uh, the when you do it, you feel like your frailty didn't matter. Almost as if there might be an immunity of some sort. Um, Adriana, what are you doing? Or what is, what you, what'd you roll? Oh, I was doing my power, which is just the defense next round is minus two. Or the head. For the head. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, Kreen, you were hexing, correct? Yeah, I think I'm going to do the main main head as well. Okay, I think for hexing it counts. It all counts as like one because it doesn't attack separately. I will you just have different up. parts of it that you can hit. Okay, well so, the whole thing is hexed then. It is hexed. Um, and Manashi, you hexed it a second time for funsies. Uh, no, I glared at it to chill. Oh, for some reason I thought you were hexing it. I I did. Uh, okay, so it's super negative hexed. It gets that one negative d6. Um, and they said you're gonna you gotta chill on it. Yep, and that'll last for one round. Cool. And then Adam? Uh I was doing basic attack. Okay. On the tentacles. And what and you rolled a an eleven or a twelve? Eleven eleven. Okay. And what was the damage? Damage is Eight plus one chill. 
Okay. Um, so it glares at everybody. Um, and you all take one terror. Uh, targets with terror lose focus and risk missing with their abilities. Um, so excluding your karma dice, if you roll a one, you miss. So even if you rolled two sixes with the karma, like a six on the karma, six on the other, and a one on, you would miss. I realized for my, oh wait, sorry, that's for my basic act. Never mind. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, round two. Um, we'll start, I forget where I started last. I'm going to start with Manasha. What are you doing? Basic attack. Uh, Adam, what are you doing? Um, yeah, basic attack. All right. Uh, Vlad, what are you doing? Uh, my power, which is combust. That kills you. Oh, it kills me? I thought it would just, like, explode, and then it wouldn't hurt me. Oh, no. Does it? Hold on. Combust? Your spirit explodes in a fiery blast, dealing your remaining stamina to everyone within a short distance from you. Immediately lose all remaining stamina. Oh, I can't read. I did not read that part. (laughs) Basic attack. I I only know it because one of the other things in one of the other uh, legs of the journey that we're not doing, I have something that combusted. Well, thank you for the correction. Um, Okay, basic attack. Uh, Kreen, what are you doing? Basic attack. Basic attack. And Adriana. Beats an attack on the head. Okay. All right. So it's going to roll into its hex. So I'm going to roll one for this. Um, all four of its tentacles rise up. The four that it's not standing on uh, rise up and attempt to grab at, uh, I'm going to say, Faith, Adriana, Crean, um, and Joel. Or Crean and Vlad. This karma dice is killing me. I had an 11, and then I have a 6. So, um, I don't... Does anyone have a 6 defense? Oh, no. Um, I think mine's actually a 5, so that will hit me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mine's a 5 as well. Ooh, yeah, hitting two of you. Um. All right, and then Faith, yours is higher than that. I'm assuming seven, seven. Okay, so I get four d six. I get to spread those between friends. Um. All right. Uh. Green, you take eight damage. Vlad, you take Down. six damage. <laughs> Very dead. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, next round. Uh, so everyone get ready what you're going to do. Mentally prepare. I uh, don't think we rolled our attacks. Oh, sorry. We That's my bad. Attack last turn. Yeah. Um, actually, so in Kareen and, and Vlad, you'll still get to do your attack as well. Like you could still attempt to hit the thing. It all happens at the same time. Oh, okay. I was going to say, oh, so I yeah. could have just combusted. Great. <laughs> Um, all right, so folks, give me your attack rolls for people who are doing attacks. 
the 15 to hit. Yep. Anything over a 10 will hit. Uh, that's going to be a hit for me. I've got 13. Okay. Six damage. On the head? Yes. Scraping by. Let's do this way. Crean, what'd you say? Oh, I just, I'm scraping by with an 11. (laughs) Okay. And how much damage? Only two, but it takes poison and two chill tags. Um, Adam. So quick question. The one thing for the terror, that's only for the attack roll, correct? Yeah, if it's on the damage, you can you're still gonna do the damage. Okay, perfect. So it is going to be five damage and one chill on the, on the tentacle I, I already hit before. Okay. Uh who else has me? Yeah, Adriana, go for it. Oh. And then we'll come oh. back down to Vlad. Uh so it's four plus one tear on the head. Okay. Uh Vlad? Uh six plus one burn on the head. Vlad, when you go to burn it. I mean, it's not going to matter because you're going to die in a second. Um, it doesn't seem to burn. <laughs> like, you, like, do it, it's like, it it just, nothing. Um, and Faith? Uh, it was 11 to hit, and then 3 damage. Okay. All right. Cool. Every, so I was, everybody's, everybody got to go. Um, two people are dead. Um, and now we move on to the next round. I have a quick question. Uh, the chill thing was if you roll doubles, right? It, it hits for twice as yes. much damage. Okay. Correct. Um, all right. So next round, uh, Faith, what are you doing? Uh, basic attack. All right. Uh, Adriana? Basic attack on the head. Manasha? Basic attack on the head. Adam? Um, basic attack on the tentacle. Okay. Um, and it's going to take... This is a chill. It takes its one poison damage and loses the poison. And it's got one terror. Let me get rid of this dice. This dice has not been good. All right. Um, and it's also going to... Yeah, I'll do a basic attack for now and... Look up something in a second. All right. Um, so there are four of you remaining. So each of you does a does a six hit people. Yes. The six. Yes for Adam. Yes for Manasha. No, no for, for faith. faith. Or wait, yes for faith. No for faith. Seven okay. for faith. Okay. And Adriana, you're good. I'm good. Okay. All right. Um, I'll deal damage in a second, um, but if everybody else wants to do their rolls for their basic attacks. 13. Yep. 13 um, as well. Uh, do terror tags fall off at all? I don't. They don't, right? I don't think so. I think they're with you until you like rest up. Okay, then I miss. Okay. I have a nine. So I don't think I hit. Nope. You do not hit. Um, all right. Uh, for people who did who did land their hits, go ahead and roll some damage. And I'm going to roll my damage for 
Manasha and Adam? Uh, damage is going to be 10 plus one chill. Okay. And then five for from Thief. Remember, if you roll doubles, the damage doubles. I did not roll doubles, so we're all good. I did not either. Um, Faith, how much damage did you do? Five. Just basically poking it repeatedly to annoy it. <laughs> um, all right, Manasha, you take eight damage. Yeah. Uh, and Adam, you take 11. I'm also down. So we got Adriana and Faith are still... Oh, and Kreen. Sorry. No, you're down. I'm, I am on the floor with the rest of them. <laughs> um, all right. So next round. All right. Um, so it's going to use a power. Um, and I assume Adriana and Faith, are you just both using basic attacks, using powers? Just going to keep kicking the thing. Yep, same. I'm going to do a basic attack as well. Okay. Um, you should go ahead and give me your roll. When it comes to the terror, is it a one on the karma dice too? Nope. Counts as a miss? Okay. So then I actually have the chill effect because I have doubles and I have a 13. Okay. Yes, that'll that'll do it. But that, please tell me you rolled a double five because I got 13 as well with double five. <laughs> no, it was a six. <laughs> but... So you both got doubles. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, roll up your damage. Remember that it's it's double. Yeah, that's 12 for me, plus another terror on the head. Okay. And 10 from Faith. Okay. Um, it is like barely, barely hanging on right now. Um, I'm, it's just going to, I'm trying to find these powers. I'm just going to do a basic attack. And hope for the best. Uh, do, okay, that one will be my karma. I hate everything. I rolled 666, hope which is amazing. Hope. But it means that the sixes cancel out. So I, it's a six to hit, which I don't think hits either Adriana or Faith. That is correct. <laughs> This karma dice is... I don't even know how to get rid of the hex on it. Like, I don't know if I can. Um, all right. Next round, I assume you're both going to do the thing. Yeah, I'm going to hit the head. I want to avenge my party. Um, At this point, yeah, just sort of fist of the North Starring. Just keep swinging. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, and it's going to use a power. So go ahead and give me your rolls to see if you hit it. That's an 11 for me, and it's doubled as well this time. I got double threes. Okay. That's just 13 from me. Yep, you both hit it. Um, and it's a six for me and another terror on it. Okay. And a five for me. All right. Um, I'm just going to do this because it's... So it's going to... As you all do that, it, it does... Um, use one of those powers called an ink cloud so it like 
spits out this like noxious, awful, like cloud of darkness and rot and disgust. Um, that's going to cause you all to take six damage. And you're going to add two terror stacks. So that kills faith instantly. Same with me. Yes, I got a TPK. That was my goal. I wanted one TPK. Um, so everyone hops back up at the, at the mouth of the, the skull. Um, really, really quickly look at the uh, page 85. Um, I'm going to say, even though technically you only have one shard, I'm going to give you a second one because we didn't actually go through stuff to get you shards. Um, so either you can add two to your stamina, one to defense, two to your damage, a plus one on your attack rolls. Um, you can gain a new power. If you're going to do that, I would just ask that you like know what it is quickly because just to kind of keep us moving. Um, you can gain a new skill, uh, reconstitute with a random elixir, or reconstitute with a random piece of equipment. Uh, I'm going to take the additional uh, defense. Awesome. Um, you said equipment. That's four, correct? Oh, yeah. Sorry. No random equipment for you all. Okay. That one you don't get. Because I didn't put you through enough of a meat grinder. Uh, quick question. So is the elixir that we uh, that we had previously, we still have that elixir, but or is it used up? Uh if you drank it, then it's gone and your the okay. effects of it are gone. Effects are gone. Okay. That's what I was yeah. wondering. All right. I'm taking so for, the stamina. Okay. Uh for me, I'm doing drain. I also have a point of clarification. When we all boot back up. Do we all have our normal powers? Yes, Two. everything is it basically like a reset. Yeah, reset at a checkpoint. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. I am going to take the uh, base defense myself. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll take the uh, defense as well. All right. Yeah. Can I also grab uh, base defense? Okay. Perfect. All right. Um, so you all have restored yourselves. You feeling good. Um, you go running back in and this thing is still like, it's like limping. Like you just beat the shit out of it. And like, it's still kind of, um, so everyone tell me what you're going to do. Uh, I saw Minashi come undone real quick. I lunge and attack at it. Okay. If you're doing anything other than a basic attack, like raise your hand. Uh, Adriana, what are you doing? I'm going to use my new power. Okay. Anybody else doing anything other than a basic attack? Amazing. Um, So when you go in, um, I think the ink cloud is still there. Because it's there for like three rounds. Um. (laughs) <laughs> Do we all die again then if we don't meet the requirements for it? it well, it, all it does is it deals 1d6 damage. So you could die. Oh, oh, you just need to roll for it. Got yeah. It. Um, so let me see. As you all run in, uh, everyone will take four damage running into the, the dark cloud. 
Does that kill anybody? Ouch. No, but ouch. Okay. Um, everyone roll your basic attacks. So our tags have gone correct, but are its tags still active? Yeah, I'm going to say its tags are still active because, like, it's been seconds. Uh, for my power, just so you know, um, I take away six of its points, like, of its stamina, and I make it my own. Oh, yeah, the drain, the drain move? Yeah. 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 Ooh, nice. So. Uh, how many chill tags does it have currently? Uh, starting the round, so it has four chill tags right now. Four chills currently. Okay. All right. Oh, I rolled a 10, and I got doubles. Okay. Um, I mean, so basically, um, I think the way this is going to play out is everyone's running in, and you all just fucking wailed on it, and you're going to destroy it, because it had two hit points left of its head. Yep. <laughs> So we did the thing in the game, which which we're trying to do is have a total party kill. Um, so you all come running in. It's fucking epic. Like you, you were downtrodden before. You were weak. You were everyone was dying. Everyone gathers up. You come running in. You fucking slaughter this thing. Um, and every like as you hit it, um, the tentacles like are start wailing around wildly. Um, they start like knocking some of the columns over. The columns are knocking into the tentacles. Um, that was the thing you could have done. You could have knocked the columns in like over to like hit the tentacles and like restrain them. Um, but you all just went in and wailed on it. So good job. Um, and I'm going to say, so like it explodes. And, and once again, like you get this, it looks a little bit bigger this time. Like it's this shard that you're getting that are kind of floating down from everything. And it, they like hit you like right on your your upper like chest area right by your shoulder and i'm gonna say this is like a a key memory that potentially will help you cross over as when the thing is dissipating you see behind it a larger rip in the air that you would recognize to be a passage beacon like this is the spot um, so what, and I won't call on anybody so much. You're like, whoever's ready with a, something can jump in. What, what did, what do you remember? And then I'll leave it up to you to decide, is it enough to feel resolved to move through? And I do recognize that like, if we would have played this out longer, we'd given you more things along the way, but, um, who would like to share what you remember? I guess I'll go. Um, so it was earlier that same morning, um, from the previous memory, um, and, you know, I just woke up and, you know, my partner was actually like very much, you know, hyping me up and trying to make me feel better. He could tell I woke up like really, like it was really, really feel really bad, really crappy. And, you know, he made me breakfast and was trying to like kind of like help me out and you know hype me up and you know I'm starting to I was starting to recognize that like you know he was one person that like truly like cared about me and didn't want anything that bad to happen to me and I just kind of like disregarded that whole thing I gave into my like terrible feelings and um 
you know, starting to kind of like, I, I start, I literally, you literally see me start to have like a mental, like a mental breakdown. Like, like I'm starting to sob. I'm starting to like, like really have a visible emotional reaction to that memory I just had. And um, I kind of just like crumple into like a little ball <laughs> pretty much at that point. And okay. yeah, you can't understand anything I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about other folks? Um, Vlad uh, is is having a very uh, visceral memory uh, in his mind, and it's something so mundane. Um, he's having coffee in a in a Moscow cafe, and he remembers um, the little joys he had in his in his in his days of living, and that he may not have had the closest of friends or family around him, but that every day he still could perform his art and he's getting his recognition and even just having a coffee or a pastry or something, these little joys was worth uh, still having and, and, and enjoying fully in his life. Um, and, and that he wished he could uh, have noted, noted that uh, in his, in his living days. Yeah, I think for Adriana, um, she, is brought back to her wedding vows with her spouse, uh, her wife, and specifically like the memory of her wife touching her cheek as they said their vows in a forest surrounded by their friends. And she remembers that unfulfilled promise of, you know, we'll be together and we'll grow old together. And her heart breaks a little bit in this moment because she's like we didn't get to grow old together and um just that memory though of the joy they had together and like being surrounded by their friends and family in that moment was really healing for Adriana in this moment of this memory coming back to her um so Manasha sees the memory of him you know making the promise to his friends that he's always going to protect them and then directly after that um you know he remembers that they also made a promise to him that he doesn't have to be the only one to share this burden and even if one of them you know adventuring is dangerous if one of them falls the rest of them will protect each other um regardless of who is still standing uh and then Faith, oh, go is, for it Faith. yeah Faith, Faith is having a definitely a moment but she's seemingly happier than everybody else because she's sort of around the little pool and looking around she's she suddenly remembers the last role she applied for her, her last chance to break out of being this horror host was Peter Pan. That's why she's had pirates on the brain all day. And she just realised that literally we've gone to Skull Rock and I've killed Captain Hook. I've brought my Tinkerbell along and she looks at Asma and I was like, well, he's a bit big, but fairies can be whatever they want, can't they? And she looks and she looks at and goes, we'll have to share Wendy, but I got you home, didn't I? Right. And Crean, what do you what's what memory comes back for you? Yeah. Uh, so 
from a time before that conversation with their mentor, Bren, uh, remembering training some of the new recruits for the order, uh, telling them, you know, if you ever need anything, if I'm not around, you know, go to Bren, helping them sort of with their studies and all of that. And, and knowing that there are people who, if he, when he didn't return, uh, that would be able to carry on his work. Um, and then, so I'm going to say, as you all are standing there, if you feel like your character has worked through their things, you notice that the passage beacon opens a bit more. Um, so you see it kind of bellow out um, in enough space for a person to walk through. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of go down the line and ask you if you feel like your person sees this or if they haven't quite gotten there yet and either is okay um i'm gonna go i'm just gonna go popcorn around uh let's see uh met uh adriana yeah i think uh adriana is like i've been here at the ink such a long time holding this and wanting closure and like just that memory of that wedding day that she forgot like you see tears start falling down her eyes and Mm -hmm. she slowly walks towards the beacon. And I think right when she goes past it, you see another figure on the other side, like everyone can see that she is embraced by a tall elven woman. And then they like both fade away together. Um. Awesome. Uh, Adam. After uh, what seems like an eternity and I've, I've kind of regained my composure, um, you know, a thought kind of goes through my head. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe what I did wasn't right, but at least I know that I made a positive impact on the people that I left behind. And whilst they may never forgive me, I think they understand that it wasn't me. It was my illness that caused the issue. And so I, I start to kind of, I start to become at peace with that. And so I start to actually start walking towards the, the beacon as well. Um, I kind of stop for a second. I'm like, am I ready? Am I ready? Am I ready to move on? And then you kind of see a hand almost go from the other side and kind of grasp and like pull me in, like at the same at the same time. And you 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 realize that, and you just see in my face is that it, it, you're only seeing me for like a split second, but you, you see that like flash of happiness like dart across my face, and I'm gone. Um cream yeah um so i think cream thinks back on the bit of adventure that we've just had and uh looks down at little lena who is now tiny again uh and you can't hear the words that are spoken between them because the the spirit and the shadow are the only ones who can communicate with each other uh but he he gives a nod and turns back to the boat and says uh Ferryman, would you take me on for a little while? I I think my calling is to help 
a few more folks pass over before I go. Uh, Faith or Manasha? Um, so Manasha considers for a second and after a few moments of contemplation does step through um, and kind of looks around for someone. Um, and although he doesn't see them around uh, there is a very faint smile on his face knowing that there's a chance they might still be out there and faith, faith. deliberately waits till everyone else has decided because she's clearly still having sort of trying to work it out and once she's seen everyone <laughs> else go through she goes hmm, the darling children are all safe in their beds back in london and pam goes back to neverland that's how the story ends. That's how my story ends. I can't be an actress if I never finish a story, can I? I feel like one of those darned movies I had to show. Always waiting for the next sequel that's never as good as it. Her last moment, she grabs her coins, ties them together, and sort of puts them down and goes, these are the ferryman for me. If I'm going to do one thing, I'm going to get one over on him. Try giving these back now. <laughs> And just walks off and just walks into the portal, which is a cocky air of someone who thinks they've done something quite clever. <laughs> Amazing. Well, there we go. We have played. Oh, yep. Sorry. Oh, do I get to or no? No, you're good. You do. That was just me getting. There's so many names to keep track of. I'm glad. What do you do? Vlad, um, as as much as he wants to go through that portal, he looks at it and he feels almost repelled. Um, he, he wants nothing more than to feel a warm bed, to have a warm cup of tea, to feel safe in his home in solitude, but he knows that to go through that portal wouldn't be honest and true to himself. And so he, he ends up, um, just thinking on, you know, how much resentment he still holds in his heart and anger he still holds. And he needs to work through that. And to be honest with himself, he falls to his knees and sobs quietly to himself. There we go. This was the game of, of ink where some of you all moved on. Some of you didn't. Um, I didn't kill everybody nearly as much as I anticipated, but at least I got a few in and I got my one TPK. <laughs> um, so we're going to wrap up. And for anybody who's new to our podcast, the way we'll wrap up is um, I will say, if you'd like to be found on the internet somewhere, feel free to plug social media or whatever you've got. If you don't want to be found on the internet, that's totally fine. And just say, I can't be found on the internet because at this point in 2023, who wants to be found on the internet? <laughs> and is the internet still functional is always my two questions. Um, so I will just go down and ask people. Um, and like I said, if you don't want to be found, you don't have to be, if you do, I'll put links in the show notes for everybody. Um, so let's start with our good friend, Starshine. Uh, yeah, I'm on the internet. It's not good for my health, but I'm still on the internet somehow. Uh, I am at Starshine Scrib on Twitter. Starshine Scribbles on Blue Sky. And my website with all my stuff is starshinescribbles.com. And I believe you, I believe you have stuff on itch, itch.io, correct? I do. That's linked from my website and that's starshinescribbles.itch.io. There we go. 
many links. <laughs> All the links everywhere. Um, Meg. Yeah, I'm actually one of those people who doesn't have any social media, so it's not like I can plug um, myself, but uh, you can find me in the Discord server for this podcast under uh, Marvelous Maven, if you want to reach out there. Uh, And Lex. Yeah, uh, I also not a person who has a terribly large media footprint uh, at this time. However, you can listen to me on the previous season one episode of Camp Kingdom Come. Yes, and everyone go listen to that episode because it's wild and so much fun. Um, Nanite. Hello, you can find me on Twitter at Nanite Tech and Twitch um, slash Nanite Technology. And Bolin Bear. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Bear Bolin, on Blue Sky at Bolin Bear. And also on Twitch at Bull and Bear as well. Um, we do content creation on all of those websites. And Joel. Yeah, you can find me on what is still called Twitter, Dire Dire <laughs> underscore Docs, um, on Blue Sky at Dire Dire Docs, and Twitch at Dire Dire Docs. If you understand that username reference, um, I will be your friend forever. Amazing. And as always, you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, all at the queer XP. Um, so we uh, just a quick over quick little teasers for what's coming up. Um, so this is our first po- premiere episode for season two. Next week, we'll be having uh, a game called Quietus, which is a horror tabletop RPG, which we'll be having two guests for. It is a very small and intimate game. Um, that is built in the style of horror movies like Oculus and some of those paranormal creepy games. Very excited for that. We're doing a conversation about horror movie villains um, with some really awesome folks. Uh, And then the other one I'll tease out is we're doing a game called Brindlewood Bay, which is Golden Girls plus Murder, She Wrote meets Call of Cthulhu. So if that's your vibe, keep an eye out for that. Um, and then the last thing that we're introducing this season um, is we're going to be doing an ongoing mini campaign with a game called Legacy Life Among the Ruins. Um, this is about a post-apocalyptic setting uh, built on Power by the Apocalypse. Um, our players will play as families living in this era, um, as like certain family members that are living through a certain troubled times. Um, and we'll have a rotating cast over the course of the season that'll be picking up the story as we go along. So it'll jump generations um, and new people might come in, new families might le- families might leave, families might join. Um, I'm really excited. It's something new for this podcast. Um, but we have a really, really fun crew to get us started with that. Um, there's one other thing in October that I'm still locking in. So if if you if it happens, you'll know. And if it doesn't, then you won't. Um, but that's our kind of what we got going on to get started. Again. Thank you to everybody for joining. This was super fun. This game is super fun. Go check it out at Snowbright Studios. Um, they're super great. All of their games are wonderful. And they're a bunch of queer game designers. And what's better than supporting queer game designers? Um, so with that note, once again, my name is Eric. This is the Queer XP. And thank you so much for joining and have a wonderful week. <laughs>